I speak my mind. Like, everywhere you go, they're, they're forcing this gay stuff on. It wasn't like that when I was coming up. The Ninja Turtles wasn't kissing. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that, man. The Flintstones wasn't, wasn't, uh, they didn't have two men on the Flintstones kissing. You know, the, the Jetsons, the Jetsons wasn't kissing. You know, uh, everywhere you go, they, they, they're trying to do that and they're doing it for monetary gain. They're not doing it because they love the gays. You know, I don't want to be all judgmental, you know, but this is sick. It's sick and wrong. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, Steve Simon. And I'm the other better host, Kate Rambo. Better host? I'm the better one. That's what people say. And here's my better half. I'm the better one. <laughs> wow, that sounds harsh. So combative well, right in the beginning of the show. Well, why not? I can be combative if I want. God, Jesus, Kate. Go start your own podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I'll have one for 20 years. Wasn't that goes pre- nowhere. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Oh, Such I'm negativity. Sorry. Oh, it's Wow, it's going nowhere, just wasting my time. <laughs> Man, I'm like you know, I'm sensitive uh, because I'm hungover today, and I wasn't expecting this from my ever co-host. Ever since you got me on this show, that's just all you're getting is just aggravation. You're getting aggro, as we say, just constant aggro God. from what me. Is it, was it your time of the month or something? Oh, what you're <laughs> telling me? I should go drink some cranberry juice. Stop the bloating. Go, uh, <laughs> yeah, take a mite all. Jesus. Oh, it's always the men's first reaction, isn't it? No, it's because it's 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and I have the right attitude for anyone at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So as I was saying, I'm hungover, so maybe I'm overly sensitive, but I wasn't prepared for that kind of caustic reaction from my co It's what people say, and here's my um, better half, and but, I'm um, the better half of the <laughs> but I fully admit that you're you're better than me. That's fine. Thank um, you. But yeah, I just no, I to hear that. Yeah, well, I mean, if it makes you feel better, it um, does. Thank you. Yeah, I got wasted last night at the uh, Kibitz room. The Kibitz room. The Kibitz room. It's the bar that's attached to Cantor's. A great nice. bar, actually. It's really cool. Um, I've, I've lots, heard about it. Lots of uh, pictures of rockers because uh, well, I forget the guy's name, but. Cantor, the owner's son, uh, hung out with Guns N' Roses back in the day. And so he nice. went to a lot of different shows. There's all sorts of pictures of Ozzy and Aerosmith and like candid Sam pictures Kinison? of Guns N' Roses. Uh, I don't think I saw any Sam Kinison pictures, but I'm sure he must have some Sam Kinison pictures in his backlog. He will. I'm guaranteed. Assuming. But they're not some framed. They're not framed and posted in the kibitz room. But anyway, it was cool. It was the first time I've uh, gotten drunk at a real bar in uh, in Los Angeles in, what, a year and a half, almost a year and three months? Yeah, I fucking, hopefully this is uh, the start of the new life. The yeah, new world, like It was like a, re- a return to normality. No masks. No one was wearing masks. You could sit at the bar. There was no, like, you know how, I, I don't know if they're doing this in England, but I saw this 
you know, at restaurants, there's like plexiglass separating your tables and your chairs. You couldn't go to the bar. It was only waitresses only. This is you're sitting at the bar. There's no plexiglass. Uh, there's no masks, no separation of table. It was just like it was a year and a half ago, and it felt great. Good. I'm happy for you. I hope that it's going to be like that for the rest of us all very, very soon. Well, I thought the pubs in England are open. Can't you sit at the at the bar and drink drink a uh, a beer? No, it's still like table service, plexiglass in certain places. Oh, type so deal. They're you still have to, doing that in some places. Yeah, for like another month. I don't want to fucking talk about it. Who cares? Well, they, it's it's here. They just opened everything, and not only bars. I read everything. that jumbos, jumbos <gasps> clown room. Nice. When are you going to Jumbos? Well, grand opening or reopening is uh, Wednesday, uh, June 23rd. Are you just going to be the front row waiting? With my fucking, uh, anim- or my vax card. Vax card. Yeah, my laminated vax. vax card. Hot um, D summer. Yeah, strip clubs in New York, strip clubs in LA, strip clubs in San Francisco are all opening, uh, all open this past week. No mass, no Brilliant. vaccination necessary. Oh, oh, that seems a bit full mm. contact lap dances. So not only might you might catch the COVID, but you could also catch like I don't know, like a, an array of other diseases. Quid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. San Francisco's uh, strip clubs are set to open uh, most of its establishments uh, just they, this past week. Um, you know, they were saying that uh, the clubs are going to be fully open to the public without any restrictions starting June eighteenth. And um, there will be safety measures like COVID, you know, like, um, you know, uh, hand Spit wash. And, uh, and I don't think they're even doing that. You can get masks, they but uh, but they're not going to be enforced. There's no masking or not requiring masking. I'm sure you could wear a mask if you want. They'll also not require any proof of vaccination or be asked about your, you know, previous medical history. So, cool. yeah, they're just like, bring it on. Come on in here. I don't care what kind of diseases you have because you're going to catch worse ones. You know, just uh, that's it's, true. A, it's a, a game of Russian roulette, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think it's kind of cool. And like uh, Larry Flint's Hustler Club in San Francisco are enticing guests who are vaccinated with free admission. That's like 25 bucks to get into that place. Sure, yeah, I would go that. anything that is free as a frugal British person with Indian DNA. If it's free, I'm there. I would just uh, walk up and I'd be like, here's my Vax card. I want to get in for free. I want to get a lap dance. And I want to get a beer. Yeah, I want all those things. Yeah, it's going to be normal, you know. Um, Kay Rambo, if you were a stripper, which you've never been a stripper, have you? No, I've, like, I've never had. Back when I was the age I could have been a stripper. I feel like I'm too old now. I would have to be like, you know, the mum of the strippers. I could be like the mum of the strippers, like in Showgirls. But oh, I the would house um, mom. back when I was like young enough and was like thinking about it, all my stripper friends were all like really tall and leggy and had like amazing toned bodies. And I'm really short and petite. And like I'm not particularly toned. So they were all like, you would probably be a day chick. And I was like, a you've day had, well, shift stripper. Yeah, that's how Such they said an it insult. to me. It is an insult. And I was like, well, that's me. That's my ego bruised. I'm never going to be a stripper. So I'm only a stripper in the bedroom for fun. Oh, you weren't just, uh, you know, working your own shows out by the dumpster in the back of the office? <laughs> well, on a Saturday night at 6 a.m. <laughs> that has also been known to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ten quid for a table dance. A tenner. Oh, my God. You think so highly of me. It was like £2.50. 
Oh, a wow. portion of chips usually is is my going rate. Portion of chips. Um. So if you're a stripper, you know when you're dancing in the back of the office, what song were you dancing to? Like, did you have a song in mind that yeah. you'd be that'd be your stripper song? Um, what would CCR, it be? Pagan Baby. Ooh, Pagan Baby. That's a good one. I don't CCR, know if I I've ever always played. Pagan Baby. I played CCR, but I never played Pagan Baby. I've always DJ. thought that I would only dance to CCR because not only do I love CCR and I can listen, I listen to CCR probably every day. I actually do listen to CCR every day because they're the alarm tone on my phone. So I listen to CCR every day. But all the old men's who are coming in with the money, it's the old men's who have the big money and they're wanting the girlfriend experience. They would become my regulars. Well, yeah, it is true. Old white guys love classic rock, and uh, I love classic rock. Well, it was that was one thing as a strip club DJ. Like I, you know, I would try to explain that to these girls. You know, like if you dance to the Rolling Stones, you dance to Led Zeppelin, you dance to like, you know, um, Steppenwolf or CCR, you're gonna make a ton of money because these are like old rich white businessmen, and they're gonna spend their cash on you because that's kind of the music they want to listen to. Didn't matter. They just would dance to R. Kelly. See, I've got the brains, but I don't have the body. Whatever crap they listened to at the time. But but, but it was, you know, (laughs) I think partially it was my ignorance. I've never been a huge strip club guy. Obviously, I'd been to my fair share, but it wasn't like a, I've always thought it was a waste of money. And not to mention, you're not a steel type who goes there just to hang out. You're also going there to get like blue balls. Because I mean, it's like you're not going to get laid and you're paying all this money. It's, I mean, I guess there are some that you could finish the deal at, but for the most part, you're getting a you're getting a lap dance by a disinterested stripper, and uh, you're going to leave sexually frustrated. Um, I was just that was a waste of money, but anyway. So before I started being a strip club DJ, like I just figured they'd all dance to hair metal. I just thought that's what you dance to as a stripper, like Motley Crue, girls, girls, Guns N' Roses. Exactly. I mean, I just or Poison or something. It just never really occurred to me that. Um, they did not dance to that. No girls danced to that. So when I started, I think I was a strip club DJ starting around like 2000, maybe 99, 2000. Um, yeah, none of them danced to that. They all danced to hip hop. They all danced to rap. And I learned that really quickly because when I started, you know, I, I had some CDs, but it was like all hair metal and dancing and what stuff like that. And, then, and when I showed up, I'm like, oh shit, none of you girls dance any of this stuff. So then I had to like learn about like Mariah Carey's songs with like ODB and uh, Fantasy. And I would R. Strip Kelly to that. and, yeah. you know, uh, what was bigger back then? Uh, what's the guy with the band? Nelly. And just, I, I learned, I had to like really do some research and downloaded all those, all that music. And then, yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, started learning about, about, about the hip and the hop. Um, to so hip to and speak, to hops. So to, to speak. To but when I was DJing, at least some of that music, the, the hip hop, the rap that I was playing at the time, was fucking cool. Like Biggie Smalls, Tupac, yeah. Wu Tang. You know, it was like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. It was like good music. I couldn't even imagine what they're listening to now. First of all, I'm too old to even understand this music. But I, I seriously wouldn't even know what they're listening to. Um, I bet. I bet. They're, they're dancing. Yeah, but I bet you they're they're <laughs> I bet you they're dancing to that new kind of hip hop. There's been there's been changes. Hip-hop. There's been changes in hip hop. Hip hop evolves. And I think yeah. there's the the new type of hip hop, very popular from the internet, very popular on the TikToks, is the gender bending homo hop. 
that the kids listen to these days? The kids are listening to Have you it. heard that term, homo hop? Homo hop, I have not. This is going to be the first time. This is going to be an educational lesson for Queer the whole show. Yeah, it's like uh, it's this new kind of genre that's really only emerged the past few years, I would say. Really? Because like queer car has been around since like the 80s, since the 70s well, even. But that's, but that's the thing. Like, and we're going to get into this in a second, but like rock, you know, has kind of had that shift towards, you know, um, I guess homosexuality. Like it, it definitely like, you know, uh, Freddie Mercury and Rob Halford and things like that. Like they were, um, you know, definitely Pioneers. on the DL. Yeah, but they were on the DL about their sexual orientation. Like they didn't want to come out record producers and uh, their agents were like, oh, you can't come out and say you're gay. So like Freddie Mercury hit it till when? I don't know. Till he, till he died. Grew the mustache and had AIDS. No, I think he came out, didn't he, at that point? Uh, no, he died of it, and then it kind of came out. Oh, I thought I thought he I thought he You're came also, out. You're um, also also Freddie Mercury uh, is not homosexual. He was bisexual. He had a lot of long term relationships with women as well. He was just a shagger. He would shag anything that moved. He'd come over to your house. The fish stopped swimming. Freddie I would say he was more homosexual than heterosexual. He's more homosexual. I think in the bisexual have... spectrum, I think he leaned towards the he dick. Leaned more towards gay, but he also had long-term relationships with women, and you cannot discount that. He's not but 100% he had to hide his sexuality. Like Rob Halford is. You know, yeah. And so Although, did Rob Halford. And Elton John hilarious. also, you know, hid his sexuality. Women didn't even think Liberace was gay. Like, old ladies thought that guy was like, oh, I mean, he's flamboyant, but no one really even put two and two together. But Rock, I mean... People did end up, you know, coming out and, uh, you know, saying they're, you know, ex explaining their uh, sexual orientation and and celebrating it. But in hip hop, which has traditionally been very homophobic, you know, it's they've been kind of slow to uh, to really reveal, you know, their uh, their sexuality. But now, I mean, it's I would say in the past few years, I would say uh, rappers like Lil Nas X definitely have like, uh, yeah. you know, pushed you know, their homosexuality and broken boundaries. But also, people are saying that it's pushing the gay agenda into the mainstream. So there's conspiracies. Oh there's conspiracies. <laughs> you know, I was I was reading about I was reading an article about Lil Nas X and then someone's someone mentioned in the in the story that he is pushing the gay agenda. And a lot of like older rappers, like I'm talking like the stalwarts of rap, like uh, you know, members of Brand Nubian and uh and hip hop groups like Wu Tang, things like that, they feel oh. that this new, I guess kind of this new genre of hip hop, like homo hop, uh, the queer hip hop, um, where you know gender is more fluid, is is a construct that's being that's being pushed by the Illuminati. It's <laughs> that, that hear me out. It's a conspiracy that the Illuminati is pushing this gay agenda, and even shadowy branches of the government pushing the gay agenda in the mainstream in order to feminize and emasculate the black male. This is like the 1950s all over again. This sounds great. Well, they definitely feel like a lot of uh, a lot of these rappers, you know, like Tyler the Creator and people like that who are coming out and embracing their sexuality are doing this just to sell records. Like it's a, you know, they're doing it to to you know jump onto uh, jump the, on a the societal bandwagon and sell records. It's hip, it's fashionable, it's in vogue to be gay. So they're not even gay, but they're like, I'm just going to ride the gay bandwagon to sell more records. And so a lot of uh, rappers think they're selling out and exploiting this, you know, to try to uh, just basically be popular. 
maybe that's maybe that's the case. But we're gonna look into the secret gay agenda in hip hop and Hollywood. The rappers are saying, um, you know, that they're they're coming out of the closet and dressing feminine to push this agenda and to sell records. Guys like Young Thug, who appeared on the cover's album Jeffrey, in this like lilac dress with the, what is that like a parasol or something yeah it's very hot couture this i like it <laughs> and then uh yeah and i mean that people were stunned by this and then you have um it's real... like when dave bowie came out into the world of like rock and he was wearing you know all the uh, the japanese like tiny dresses it's probably the same reaction in the 70s for like white culture then well, way. that's what I'm saying. Like, rock kind of had this, like, you know, gay culture kind of, like, came in the rock, I think, a lot earlier than it ever did in hip-hop. And if it did yeah. in hip-hop, it was definitely on the DL. It wasn't open. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't It wasn't like this. Like, on the no. cover of a magazine, you got Young Thug here, a very popular rapper, mainstream rapper, you know, wearing a lilac chiffon dress. You know, this... I think it's the color palette, but this totally reminds me of Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Manson dope show. It's the color palette. It's but that's very thing. similar. Like Marilyn Manson, though, like had this whole androgynous figure, very similar to like what Bowie did. But Marilyn Manson, Completely. you know, you know, kind of mirrored that in the '90s. Um, but this is new to hip hop, and a lot of people are very unsettled by it. You look at uh, this guy Lil Uzi Vert here. Um, who's dressing, he's wearing, what is it, like a cheerleader skirt? And I don't know who the guy is behind him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he, he wears, he carries a purse, you know? Well, purses, I'm sorry, but purses are an extremely useful uh, item of uh, accessory, and I encourage everyone to carry a purse. He wears a lot of feminine clothing. And so, yeah, I think a lot of, like, these rappers from, like, the old guard don't know what to think about it. I think at what at, at once they're at one one hand they're kind of like oh these guys you know are emasculating uh, the the black male. On the other hand, they're like oh they're just following this bandwagon because you know the gay mafia is pushing this. Oh, the Illuminati here comes the gay mafia now. is pushing this. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it is weird because you know the it's the, it, being gay has always been a stigma, especially especially in uh, rap and hip hop. And so now that you know, it's becoming gay friendly, it's, it's definitely become quite problematic for a lot of these, uh, these, the old guard here. The old they, guard. They feel he that really was... rap and hip hop has been overtaken by a gay agenda, which is being pushed by the gay mafia. They was just making me think the other hyper-masculine um, area is obviously sports. And in British football, it's 2021. There is not one single um, gay player. Like there is nobody player. out gay player. There is not a single one. So maybe like it will happen because we're progressing as a society. It's It's not like it was even back in the 90s. It was still kind of like, you know, a bit of stigma attached to being homosexual. The fucking isn't anymore. So this is the start of it. Well, if you keep pushing, if they keep pushing this gay agenda, then black guys are going to be like, okay, I guess I, it's acceptable for me to wear dresses and acceptable for yeah, me to kiss is. other men, which it is. So maybe it that is. maybe this will uh, spark a change in sports as well. Let's um, hope. Do you know the rapper Fat Joe? 
Fat Joe. I don't know Fat Joe. Fat Joe, uh, popular probably late 90s, early 2000s. He did, um, I know he did uh, songs with uh, J-Lo. He's a producer as well. But anyway. Maybe I will. He claims that the gay mafia owns hip-hop now. So here's a quote. Right. Do you think that there'll ever be an out-of-the-closet gay it's rapper? It's owned. The, the hip-hop community is most likely owned by gay. To be honest but, with but you, do you think they'll be an they're owned out of the by closet. gay. They're, I happen to think there's a gay mafia in hip hop, right? Not rappers, you know, right. the editorial presidents of magazines, sure. the 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 PDs at radio stations, the 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 people who give you award at award shows. The, this this is a fucking gay mafia, my man. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? They are in power. So why wouldn't a guy come out and say, "Yo, I'm gay," and get that type of love? I mean, Lady Gaga, I don't know if she's gay, but she's running with that gay shit for real. And- <laughs> so, yeah. How old is that clip? Come on. Oh, it's uh, not even that old. That's, is I it guess- not bringing up Lady Gaga like she's oh, still those, Yeah, that's probably like uh, six years old. But yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like um, this, this idea of a gay mafia pushing a gay agenda has been around for a while. It's just now it's kind of become very in your face and obvious because you have people like little Nas X who are just uh, completely open about it and flaunting it, of course. which is great. Um, too Short here also asked about the gay mafia. Because there's something, something in the air, man. It's like a, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so. Well, you know, Fat Joe said that there's a gay mafia. I was just going to say it, but I didn't want to say it because I'm a conspiracy theorist. But, <laughs> you know, you talk about it, something's going to happen to you. Yeah? So you think there's a gay mafia? I think if you talk about it... <laughs> He's going to get whacked by the gay mafia. He has 100% read Bill Cooper's book. 100% read it. What happened to Believes you? Believes every word. I was homophobic in the 90s, yeah. and the world got so gay that it just kind of went away. It's like... I think um, this is what a gay person told me. It's like, you could just tell. It's like, just like when a man's attracted to a woman, you could tell who's gay. It's just a thing. Yeah, gays are everywhere, too short. (laughs) (laughs) His attitude is too short. (laughs) But I mean, but you could tell, like, you know, he's at least like, you know, I used to be really homophobic in the 90s. Obviously, my attitude's changing. Whereas you have people like Capadonna from Wu-Tang. Wow. Who uh, is oh. definitely holding on to these beliefs? Hip hop is gay. You know that's how they're fashioning it right now. You know what I'm saying? You got the secret society putting molds in place and trying to dilute the culture with fancy. That's what they trying to do. They trying to push this into our youth. And they're doing a great, great job. They started out with, with, with some of the, they used some of the bigger acts to wear the dress first. Now the dress is like worldwide. You know what I think's funny is he's like, oh yeah, there has to be a gay mafia pushing this because like eight guys in a band all singing about their dicks isn't gay at all. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just it's as gay. Telling other rappers to suck their dicks, you know, it's like yeah. that's not gay. I guess yeah, not. 
Um, anything where it's basically man-centric is pretty much it's homoerotic. Get what's, over it. What's really funny though, it's it's these older guys who are like bemoaning the fact that these younger guys are wearing dresses and selling records. You know, it's like, Which well, we never did they, that back in the day. Yeah, but when they were up and coming, the set above them were just saying, they're all too violent. Look at how low they wear their pants. <laughs> it's like yeah, they've become them. Now it's them. like they're wearing dresses. <laughs> they've become their enemy. But so there's a uh, part of this whole conspiracy thing, obviously, started circulating around the uh, overnight success of Lil Nas X. So Lil Nas X, you know, I mean, and you can almost say that back in the 90s, you know, you had to go through, there he is, you know, he had the uh, the song Old Town Road, that country Sadly. rap crossover. Oh, that's terrible. Um, but that song blew up. That song was like top of the Everyone. billboard for like two weeks. Um, you know, and he just shot to stardom like overnight. He put that song out in 2019, I think, on TikTok, blew up. And I think that's part of the reason. I think maybe there's that's, that's some of the bitterness with the old guard is like, you know, we had to go out and push out our tapes and do all this and go on, you know, get our tapes on the radio shows and other things like that. Now one of these guys can just do a TikTok video, wear a, a dress or a, you know, a cowboy hat or whatever, and it blows up and all of a sudden you're, you're famous. And now you're, yeah, you know, a huge definitely star. Think there's jealousy there, completely. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of conspiracies, like conspiracy theories floating about that says his success is based solely on pushing the uh, gay agenda in mainstream culture, and because he's gay, um, they they push it at they're they're promoting him, they're making him into a huge star. Um, and you know, he came out. What I, you know, he came, his song came out in 2019, then he came out like shortly afterwards saying that he was gay. But not everyone was completely uh, accepting of his sexuality, you know. Um, you know, when uh, I was reading here, this guy on TikTok was floating this conspiracy that you know he was riding this gay bandwagon. Um, so when it, when it came out, he had Billy Ray Cyrus, who was in the video, he was in Old Town Road. You know, yeah. and this this guy on TikTok, this conspiracy theorist, says that if you ask me, that's a red flag, not because <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus joined the song, but because the song blew up so fast, which is literally screaming industry plant. An industry plant is an it? artist. Well, an industry plant is an artist with a major label backing who's dishonestly marketed as an independent organic success with a genuine following. So he feels that, uh, you know, he had Billy Ray Cyrus. This whole thing was put together. They're making it sound like, oh, you know, he was on TikTok, whatever. But it was actually manufactured by the gay mafia to push this gay agenda. They're like, hey, we'll put Billy Cyrus in here to try to do the country rap crossover. And uh, that's Sadly. basically they're trying to justify this guy's success. Not, not the that it's his talent that made him a success. It's because the gay agenda, the gay mafia is pushing him. Yeah, it's because gay people will buy the records will they it's not like billy ray cyrus's fans are going to go out and buy these records all 10 of <laughs> yeah, billy ray cyrus's fans you think you'd get a better industry plant than that guy than fucking um, billy ray cyrus who probably kids of today had never heard of they've ne probably never heard achy breaky fucking heart well they've heard of miley um true so the guy continued to argue that uh, Nas X had not just been set up 
by the industry for chart success, but also to push the gay culture to a mainstream audience. He said there's a ring that he's wearing in the Old Town uh, Road video. And uh, he points out that when people get this particular ring, they either die or they play a part in the agenda. I'm going to start that rumor about this ring that I always wear. I always wear an Ace of Spades ring on my ring finger because I'm married to Lady Luck. So I'm totally going to start that rumor that I'm going to die. Was it the gay mafia that gave you that ring? No, it was the Lady Luck mafia (laughs) (laughs) that I just invented. I would love the Illuminati to just like start doing things for good. I want to read these conspiracy theories where the Illuminati is like, yeah, we're just going to give like, you know, 250 million to like all the starving kids in Africa. We did that. The Illuminati signed us. They're the puppet Wouldn't masters. Wouldn't it be nice? They're the puppet yeah, masters. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, the, same, the same uh, TikTok conspiracy theorist here the also claims that uh, Megan the Stallion and Cardi B are pushing an agenda to manipulate and sexualize women and that the rapper DaBaby sacrificed his own father. Nice. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a shame, D, if women got sexualized? 2021. Women should not be sexualized. There shouldn't be women on podcasts. We, women can't even cook anymore, D. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, I find it kind of hilarious. It's like, oh, really? So Madonna never sexualized women? And that was like, what, 1990, <laughs> 91? It's like, where Madonna have you been there? Madonna never released a book called Sex. It never <laughs> happened. <laughs> this guy's really, his third eye is so keen, so perceptive. Again? A Bill Cooper book reader. But yeah, so as I was saying, hip-hop has had a very complex and I would say problematic relationship with uh, homosexuality. Um, you know, even you look yeah. back, I found this lyric here from, uh, from the song The Message by uh, Grandmaster Flash. The song came out in 1982. Oh. Um, the the uh, lyric here is, you say I'm cool, I'm no fool, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all on Nolan Void, walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turned stick-up kid, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is took, and you're a Maytag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag. Being used and abused and served like hell till one day you was found dead, hung in a cell. Grandmaster Flash. Pretty homophobic, you know, at the time. Then you had, uh, like, 1979, around the same time, Sugar Hill Gang and the song Rapper's Delight. uh, Referred to a man uh, with a feminine appearance as a fairy. Um, eight, 1988, Eazy-E rapped about that one <laughs> faggot that I had to hurt. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, uh, you can't overlook Eminem <laughs> and his uh, gratuitous use of the F word. Um, Can we just say about Eminem, though? He definitely hates everyone equally. That's the thing I always... He's very diplomatic with his... Uh, with hatred, his hatred. You know? He fucking hates everyone. Like With his aspersions. He was casting aspersions. Kind of like South Park in a way. You know, everybody... He is, he's like, no one's rap- off limits. <laughs> South yeah. Park rapper Eminem. But do you remember when Eminem and Elton John... Because Eminem was catching a bunch of flack for saying faggot so many times in his songs. And uh, then he had like Elton John. I think they did the song "Stand" together at like the MTV Music Awards. You remember I that? I remember that. <laughs> I was like, I was like probably fourteen, fifteen. I remember that. In two thousand five, Kanye West remarked that everyone in hip hop discriminates against gays, uh, discussing how his gay cousin had caused him to reconsider his own views. 
know, it was personal there. You know, Jay-Z's mother is lesbian. I do know that. I yeah. like Jay-Z. And he Jay-Z actually, he raps about Kanye, that. Kanye, I like. Um, but I mean, as we were saying, it's like homophobia is definitely not unique to hip-hop. I mean, there weren't any openly queer stars in rock in the 70s, really. I mean, I don't even think Elton John was out of the closet at that point, even though it was obvious. No, he was, he was still married in the 70s to a woman. You have Barry Manilow and Ricky Martin both said that if they would have come out early, it would have ruined their careers. Excuse me, Barry Manilow and Ricky Martin are gay. You had no idea? I What? The guy who wrote Mandy is gay. <laughs> I knew that. But the same deal with like, you know, Freddie Mercury or Rob Halford. Like if Freddie Mercury would have come out, you know, as gay and then put out the song Fat Bottom Girls, would it have had as much meaning? I don't think it would have. I think it was obviously still because they didn't say that he was dying of AIDS until he died of AIDS. And when was that? 94 when he died? But it's incredible, still though. still the stigma about it in the 90s. Since then, we have come on, like, so much as but a society. But it's incre- incredible, like, the, I guess, I don't know, you want to say incredulity or the cognitive dissonance. When you see that guy wearing short jean shorts, he looked like a member of the village people. You know, he's got, like, that mustache. And you look at him, you're like, how can you not be gay? Again, Freddie Mercury wasn't gay. He was bisexual. But Rob Halford, if you look at pictures of Rob Halford yeah, and tell me that that man was meant to be straight. No, full he's leather a man. leather yeah. daddy. Yeah. Um, but it, homophobia, is, it, just in contrast to rock and roll, um, homophobia and hip-hop took a very vocal form. I mean, there were lyrics about it. Like lyrics just pretty much expressing you know, these, their homophobic feelings. Um, uh, old school rapper here, Eric Sermon, uh, who was a subject of gay rumors for years, um, he came out eventually. He said in 2012 that being gay in hip-hop is like a curse. You know, a curse yeah. for your career. And there are a couple of reasons. Like, first, you know, most rappers are raised in very strong religious traditions, you know, Um Islam and Christianity. You know, there's a lot of rappers who are uh, Islamic. Um, and obviously, both those religions don't take too kindly to uh, homosexual relationships. Um, secondly, you know, a lot of these rappers are raised in communities that have been, like, marginalized for reasons of race, economics. And both kind of, you know, give homophobia, you know, intensify feelings of homophobia in that. Because then it's like persecuting someone and the, uh, the other like even it's even worse that you're poor, but now you're gay and poor. To stack it on, you know? yeah, you're gay, black, and poor. I was reading ex- excerpts from this book. It's actually, I kind of want to pick it up. Uh, Terrence Dean is the author. He wrote a book called "Hiding in Hip Hop: On the Down Low in the Entertainment Industry," and it's a tale of life inside Hollywood's secret gay subculture and hip hop's place within that world. You know, they always talk about like uh, producers like Kevin Spacey, you know, Kevin Spacey was part of this world. Who's the guy that did the, uh, Brian Singer did the X-Men. It's part of this like Illuminati of uh, wealthy, powerful Hollywood elite who have these like gay sex parties. And the only way to really- Yeah, progress in your career is to uh, attend these parties. But hip hop also belongs in that world. And there's a lot of uh, rumors going out about a lot of famous, you know, A-list uh, hip-hop celebrities. Um, oh. The book doesn't name names, but it's a detailed and graphic memoir about the down-low life, gay sex parties, secret societies, um, 
where some of hip-hop's major artists openly sleep with men only to go home to their wives and girlfriends at the end of the, you know, end of the night and uh, not say anything about it and live life you know, on the record as a heterosexual straight man. Um, obviously, they're, they're on the down low, which is a person who considers themselves straight but then sleeps with members of the same sex. Um, the author here wrote that men who have secret love affairs have separate homes and apartments and separate phones strictly for these romantic flings. And no one ever suspects anything. And they go to great lengths to keep it that way. But everybody in the industry are very well aware of the fact that these rappers are leading double lives. I want this book. This sounds like hip hop Babylon. Hey, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds juicy. And there's lots of stories that have been kicking around for decades now about a lot of different, like, you know, powerful uh, figures in the world of hip-hop, such as Tupac, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy, I was going to say Puff Daddy Birdman, is a days long. Lil well, Wayne. And there's lots of rumors that have been swirling around these rappers. Um, the Tupac gay rumor is kind of new to me. I never really... Well, he was a dancer. I really thought about that. He was a dancer dancer. for Digital Underground, actually. Dancer. Yeah, Yeah, he was a he was a stereotyping backup dancer. Isn't that a bit weird? Like you know, in in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was like. Yeah, I guess at the time. I mean, he was. Did he go to? Did he go to like an arts college? I think he did. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm definitely a Biggie fan. And I'm probably just prejudiced because of all the slating that Biggie just gave. I don't Tupac. think Biggie so was gay. I'm just gay. like, yeah, <laughs> Biggie was not gay. Although that would <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Oh, that would have been that's definitely coming out the closet if it was announced that Biggie was gay. So here's uh, this is from a video I found online where they're talking about Tupac being gay. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but this actor Tupac, same way. Had to go through the same rituals, okay. man. Take a listen when he's younger. And I attend Tavapai, I attend Tavapai High School. And I'm 17 years old. It gives me a lot of friends. I mean, uh, I get a lot of friends, because, but I also... Executive producers who uh, pretty much put Tupac in movies has sex with him. So in, that, in essence, they, they gave him fellatio. And then Pac had to pop them. And I know y'all don't want to hear that because that's y'all man. That's Tupac. But he is no better than the rest of them. He oh. messed with gay men the way the, the way the rest of them have done. That's not a one person in Hollywood have not followed the trends. You see? And, uh, so there you go. Wow. That this was a guy, movie. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. guy. Jesus. He sounds uh, very reliable and uh, very knowledgeable about these <laughs> things. About, about um, Tupac. But... Well, his his point is, is there's this gay mafia. They'll make your career, but you're going to have to sell your soul and your whole. I think Tupac was definitely talented enough that he didn't have to sell his soul or his whole <laughs> to get where he went. Uh, here's no. the game, the rapper, the game, talking about, you know, the gay agenda. Right. And, and gay, not being just full out gay, but hiding and trying to pretend like he, you know, loves girls and live the rap lifestyle. But really, he's a man fan. He's a man fan. Yeah. Man. There's a lot of man fans out there in hip hop. I got you. I got you. Um, 
I see how you niggas be looking at niggas when I be around too. They be looking at niggas crazy, and you be thinking, you know, see, what, what, no, I'm saying what you might think. You might just see a rapper, right, looking at another rapper. You might think it's like, like he looking at a nigga like he got a problem with him, right? But nah, he really looking at him like a man fan. That's a lot of that's a lot of man fans in hip hop, man. A lot of man fans in hip hop. D, I am a man fan. Are you a man fan? I am a man fan through and through. There's nothing wrong with it. Be proud. But yeah, I mean, the game and definitely Tupac and a lot of these guys come from the 90s when, uh, you know, they weren't exactly very forgiving and accepting of uh, the homosexual lifestyle. Uh, You had artists like Public Enemy and NWA who, you know, were forerunners of the uh, genre and... uh, you know, they they obviously said a lot of negative things about gay people. Use the the word faggot freely. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine, Big Daddy Kane said, "Oh, I love Big Daddy Kane. Now you're about to ruin him for me." Well, I mean, th- that's the thing. I'm I'm saying it's this is the belief at that time. Okay, that's you know, in this right. Hyper masculine culture. You couldn't appear feminine. You couldn't appear weak. You couldn't be associated with being gay because that would be a sissy. So these guys. You know, would uh, would say things. And this is what Big Daddy Kane said. A quote from him: "The Big Daddy Law is anti-faggot." Big um, Daddy, no! You 50, called Big Daddy. <laughs> Fifty Cent once said it wasn't okay for men to be gay, but women who like women—that's cool. <laughs> That's very Fifty Cent. This, That's on brand for him. <laughs> this kind of shows you the whole hypocrisy in their line of thinking. So DMX was uh, in a rap song said. Y'all niggas remind me of a strip club because every time you come around, it's like I just got to get my dick sucked. So it's so aggressively heterosexual, you know, hip hop at the time. But here he is saying he's like, you know, talking about like a room full of dudes sucking his dick. Yeah, it's like I was saying before. (laughs) I know. It's It's very homoerotic. All of it is very homoerotic anyways. So I don't know why they're so anti it. It's like because being gay it. is considered being soft and being a, a sissy. You know, Nicki Minaj said when asked, like, why does the hip hop world have such an aversion to homosexuality? She's like, people view gay men as having no street cred. You have no street credibility if you're gay. You're soft. You're a pussy. And so that's why you have artists like Eminem and even Jay-Z, you know, saying things like fag, calling dudes a bitch. You know, and that's just it's the, the whole machismo, I guess, of rap. And that's just how it, it's yeah. always been, you know? Big balling. Yeah. And and then they use terms like no homo. No, you know, no just, that's very modern to say That's no modern, homo. but Lil Wayne would say that. You know, this is like in the odds. It's like, well, what exactly does that mean? No homos. I mean, like you could do something gay and there'd be like, no homo, so it's fine. Yeah, if you leave your socks on and you and your best boyfriend um, maybe suck each other's dicks, but you both got your socks on, it's okay, no homo. <laughs> so yeah so it's just a it's a way to justify make... and ra- rationalize your gay behavior completely um, so in that book terenzine book he was talking about why uh, hip-hop's gay culture is so shrouded in silence because they take insane measures like people like puff daddy and uh you know tupac and like the gay mafia take intricate measures to keep this under wraps um you got to get admitted into the clique yeah. Right. So this is what I'm saying. It's like this whole gay Illuminati. A brother is carefully vetted, then interviewed by a person who will become his, quote, sponsor, meaning that it, he'll take the fall if that person screws up or goes to the press and out somebody. There's Are you also- talking about Scientology here? This is how you get into Scientology. 
<laughs> no, I'm Same talking about thing. the gay Illuminati here. You I know, know, this is like Scientology. There's also a machine designed to back that up to make sure people don't go to the press. Uh, managers brief artists on image control. They give them extensive media training about how to walk, talk, and act the, quote, male gangster lifestyle. Oh, my word. Yeah. Publicists really? go to great lengths to mastermind their appearance and uh, who, you know, people in their crew, what they look like as well. Um, producers tap their friends in the industry to find single female celebs they can persuade to be on hand for red carpet events. So they, they make sure that nobody's going to run to the media and start spreading rumors that, you know, this this rapper, this famous uh, gangster rapper could possibly you know, this- be gay is exactly like this is like the old hollywood back when the codes totally, came like rock in hudson when the studios yeah. rock hudson monty cliff all of them were made to go out with women even james dean who is who famously said i don't go through life with one hand tied behind my back like as in he, he's fucking boys to get where he wants to be he was sent out on dates with ladies this is so old Hollywood, which it's was nineteen thirties. It's like a hundred years ago, and if this is still going on to this day, obviously there is always going to be media manipulation. There's always going to be management manipulation, and everything, no matter what you do, that will never go away. But to get to this level, where somebody's hiding it in the press, when like Ramon Navarro has to shag somebody so he can get good stories written about how straight he is. Well, like, I mean, people like Cary Grant, you know, obviously can't be walking around. And that was like the 1950s, but can't be walking around hand in hand with another guy. When it was gay, but it's not gay when it was illegal. Sorry, when it was illegal to be gay, it's not illegal to be gay anymore. Like, but I think it's I think it's their image. I think they're concerned about their image. And so a lot of these guys have families with kids. I can understand you know? that part if you're. Didn't Puff, like, da- part Puff of Daddy the old has kids, school. right? You probably, probably not yeah. with J Lo though. I don't even you know J Lo does have children, but not with Puff Daddy. There's a rapper slash producer here um, and hip hop historian, Choke No Joke. Um, he's talking about the gay Illuminati because recently it came out that Africa Mbata, who's one of the founding, you know, hip hop forefathers here, is into little boys. Not little boys, but like thirteen-year-old boys. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. And so he's saying it's all part of this gay Illuminati—the people who uh, pretty much form and control hip hop. Being about it's going to be a hell of a domino effect because it's a, a lot of undercover gay shit that go on in this industry, and no white—you know—if you talk about it, it's like you gay bashing, but we not gay bashing. It's just, it just got to a point where it's just some heterosexual discrimination going on. And if you ain't gay or you don't want to play in the gay, you know, in the gay pond, you're not going to advance. And I didn't understand it, but now it all makes sense that everything's so flagrantly out there like that because all these dudes been living behind this wall for all this time. And now they finally getting their time where they could be themselves. And some of them are still hiding. But we all know the truth now. So, see, he's saying that there is like this undercover gay agenda that's going on. Um, and part of uh, kind of just to take it back to what the uh, that book was saying, how like these secret parties and these secret societies. Here's Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang talking about a mansion party that he went into in Hollywood. A weird awesome. mansion party. I love Inspector Deck. 
We're going over here. There's a balcony. We're looking down. You know, and it's just a lot of, you know, nothing against gay people. There's a lot of gay shit going on. Mm. Me personally, I love women. You know, what's that, homo sapien? Or, you know? Yes. That, that's regular shit, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, I, I, I'm pro-women. Yeah. Let's put it like that. I said I got gay family members, so I no heterosexual, I heterosexual, heterosexual, heterosexual. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So you know, like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to you know shit or, or, or downplay. Yeah, or but shit. it's weird when you didn't know it, people giving it up like that, and you just like, yo, ain't he? Oh exactly. wow! You open yeah. the door and you just see a whole types and types of Roman Caligula shit going on <laughs> <laughs> in, in 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 broad day here. <laughs> It's, you close the door, bro. You keep it moving, unless unless you bout that life, and, yeah. you know. So it's your favorite it's, actors, your favorite rappers, and then people see them yeah, later, and they'll man. see you like, "Yo, Deck, what's up?" And you like, "Let me tell you something." They saw us peek in the door, uh huh. Right? They saw us peek in the door when we closed the door and left, and now we examining other parts of the party. Same dudes come up to us, "Hey, yo, man, yo, they your best friend now." <laughs> <laughs> they're worried about their reputation at this point. Because they're at the Caligula party. The, the gay Roman <laughs> Caligula party. But in, the, uh, in that book that I was referencing before, it says mainstream acceptance of a gay rapper would require a paradigm shift. But perhaps a failing industry could foster that. So rap was huge. And I would say rap started becoming huge like late 80s, huge in the 90s. I mean, it was probably the biggest selling genre, genre at that time. 2000s, you know, it was still pretty big. But probably around 2010, I mean, trap kind of changed the then. world of hip-hop. I would say at that point, you I know, agree. it was, there was a, there were sales decline. I think maybe also part of that might have come, you know, the internet, downloading. people downloading music and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think trap... You know, which is like the next genre shift of uh, of of um, or evolution of hip hop. It definitely, you know, sales started uh, started dropping a bit, and uh, you know, rap definitely wasn't selling as much as it, as it was at that point. So people are saying, you know, the conspiracy theorists are saying that's when the gay mafia is like, let's push this gay agenda. Let's have, you know, trans rappers. Let's have, you know masculine rappers wearing dresses and things like that because it sells yeah like you know if um coming out and you know they're they're coming out and like embracing their sexuality because it's all part of the gay agenda so the shift you know the the paradigm shift started occurring like probably they say 2012 frank ocean um he came out he said he fell in love with a uh, 19 year old boy he says, I don't know what happens now, and that's all right. I don't have any secrets I need to keep anymore. Um, and during this time, you know, Snoop Dogg was asked at that time about uh, Frank Ocean. He's like, you know, there might be some gay rappers in hip-hop having success, you know. You never know. Um, there might be someone right now that hasn't pulled a Frank Ocean yet, that hasn't jumped out of the closet to the living room to make that announcement. But when I was growing up, you could never do that. You could never announce that. There would be so much scrutiny and hate and negativity that no one would step up to support you because we're all brainwashed and trained to know, you know, at the time what we thought was right. Good for Snoop. You know, Macklemore, one of your favorite rappers. 
Um, I love down. I love that one song by Macklemore. Stop throwing it back in my face. Macklemore, one of your downtown favorite rappers a, here. Downtown um, is a good song. <laughs> is considered to be a catalyst for this change as well. Um, you know, he did a song in 2013 with uh, Ryan Lewis here. It was called Same Love. And it's an ode to gay people being themselves against against all odds. You know, and a lot of artists at that time wouldn't have felt, you know, empowered to discuss an issue like this, especially in, uh, you know, in the, in the world of hip hop. And I don't, I don't think Macklemore's gay. I think he's a straight guy, no, but he's, he's obviously married. very supportive. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, but anyway, Macklemore... And R&B singer Frank Ocean have both have both been accused by uh, many of the old guard of using this gay agenda to increase their spotlight and expand their audience. Um, rapper Rugged Man, do you know Rugged Man? I've not heard Rugged Man. No. He's kind of he's definitely underground. He's an East Coast rapper. Let me play a clip here. They come out and say, you know, it's going to get them votes. You know, the politicians use. People for votes, just like here. politicians use the black community for votes. They use the Hispanic community for votes. They use the homosexual community for votes. They they use the you know they use women for votes. They use everybody they possibly could for votes. So you know in politics that's what they do, and hip hop is politics too. So Macklemore, um, he could be sincere with what he's saying about oh if I was hip hop, you know if I was gay I would think hip hop hates me, but what what's really going on is they're using that popular political agenda to, 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 you know, move their careers forward. Uh, um, and they might be offended by me saying that, and it's no disrespect to Macklemore, that's just how I feel. You know, and the same thing with Frankie Ocean. Uh, oh, I'm gay. You know, okay, you came out the closet, but it's a week before your album dropped. You know, Frankie Ocean, it's a political campaign that's promoted from Def Jam. Say, oh, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll have this big... I mean, you gotta say that had to have been a bit of a boost. Yeah, well, a week before is, your album drops, all of a sudden you're all over the media saying that you're gay. But stuff like that happens with straight artists too. You know, there'll be a scandal and, oh, guess what? My film comes out next week. People go and see it because there's been a scandal. That's as tale as old as time. You know, Rugged Man said that there's nothing wrong with having a pro-gay stance, but he just feels that a lot of these artists exploit that because it's the trend right now. Which that could be the case. As I say, I don't feel like Macklemore is doing it because Macklemore is a short, white ginger man. Why would he like pile something else on top of him that other people could pick on? Like he doesn't need to be doing that. Because I think a producer came and was like, hey, dude, if you write this song about, you know, accepting gay people and anti-homophobia and things like that, it's going to be a huge hit because that's what's trendy right now. That's what's popular right now. No, I do. I like Michael Moore. I have respect for him. He writes could, songs about buying vintage and downtown is a great, great number. Yeah, I don't think that guy would have any problem at all selling out in a, um, in a heartbeat. I don't think he has problems selling records. No, I, I, think, I think that's why. I think he'll songs. do whatever he needs to do to sell records and to be popular. Even this. Man, these niggas is these niggas is garbage, man. They can't Cassidy's really rap. They're not really in the streets. They're not really piecing up no real bars. They're not really doing the shit they see. They doing these raps. The only reason why you probably hearing them on the radio a lot and seeing they video a lot money. is because they got like little weird situations with niggas. I don't know if it's like a homosexual situation, some believing in a devil type situation, some born against the grain situation. Niggas be doing any and anything they got to do to get in position. I'm not willing to do that, so you might not hear me on the radio as much, but I respect myself and I get respect in the streets. That's why. 
That's rapper Cassidy, who uh, obviously thinks people are doing devil shit. You know, it's so funny. This is totally like, you know, when punk went legit and everyone started turning their backs on like the Sex Pistols and all that. And they were like, no, punk never started there. And like punk's too fashionable now. This is totally the same, but it's just with like a homosexuality thrown in. Because they're like, oh, yeah, if you've got the money, then they're going to release your records. If you're legit, they'll release your records, but they won't release mine. It's like, yeah, mate, because your album probably sounds like trash. That's probably why they're not releasing it. Maybe, you don't have an A&R I mean, guy. That's why. It's as simple as that. Maybe they can't get an A&R guy because they're not gay. Um, this rapper Daylight, who's a very pretty popular rapper, he's right. he's come out recently as being bisexual. This is funny. You know, uh, I suck a dick or two, but I'm not gay. You know, um, <laughs> um, you know every blue moon... Uh, you know, every blue moon, like, I make sure that I, I, I make sure I'm not gay. You know what I'm saying? I see a nice chick, and I'd be like, ooh, she bad. You know what I'm saying? I see an uh, uh, attractive dude, and I'd be like, that nigga ugly. I don't, I don't like that nigga. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think about it twice, but still. You know what I'm saying? I make sure I'm not gay. I make sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it ain't nothing wrong. Like, it ain't nothing wrong. Like, if... Like if if you want to hit a nigga like you know every blue moon like that hey, that ain't gay like <laughs> no you know what I'm it's not like long as you He's long as you logic here. long as you fuck twenty two bitches to every nigga you not gay <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how you you can stave off the homosexuality so you're not going to be a complete homosexual if you fuck 22 women women to that's every the one ratio. Dude. That's but the, if you that's only fuck 21 women then you're still gay this guy's <laughs> exactly. logic again he reads bill cooper <laughs> but you know the thing is uh i mean he's one of those kind of gender fluid uh recent rap artists got like black tattoos all over his face but right. there's a wave of black queer rap artists, you know, out and about right now. Uh, Big Fridia, I think uh, we have a picture of her. Um, trans rapper, um, Zebra. I actually listened to her a little bit of her, and she's she's good. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty she's cool. Funny. From New Orleans. I like yeah. it. Um, I would actually, I would totally play her at the strip club. Um, Cakes to Killer, Mickey Blanco, House of Ladosha. See, I haven't really heard of any of these rappers, but it's not like you know my. Uh, the music I would typically listen to. I really don't Same. listen to much past 1980. Uh, here's a um, lesbian rapper, Young M.A., who's uh, who's really popular. Um, she's, uh, she like kind of gained notoriety for her lyrical dexterity. She's actually kind of cool, but her rhymes are really misogynistic, which is similar to like a typical male rapper. Like she talks about like slapping women around. You know, oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll it's listen, I'm hardcore. gonna listen to one after we finish. Yeah, it's kind of hardcore, but people are saying, "Well, there's a double standard." Um, but you know, it's it's all part of this. You know, this. You know, the, these guys, the old guard of of, of hip hop, who are so bothered by this, and so you know, they fear they 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 fear it. They feel like it's a personal attack, but they think that this feminization of hip hop is destroying the culture of the black man. You know. <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah, well, that's is your nice... masculinity so fragile that it can just be destroyed like that? Is it? No. Um, Dr. Rick Wallace here, who is a PhD, has done extensive study on the feminization 
of the black male and the black male image through TV, music, and movies. And he feels it's all part of an extensive propaganda plot. And most black people are oblivious to it. He says, we've been oppressed as a people since we've been here. But now the black man who has been marginalized is being made impotent. Because they're oh being yeah, because they're being feminized. So by putting these these black male entertainers, here's little Nas X wearing his uh, pink kind of cowboy. That's his Grammy outfit. His pink uh, Grammy outfit. Looks great. I would wear um, that outfit. By putting them in women's makeup and dresses, it's 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 now become femi- feminization and homosexual behavior is normalized in the black community, which means these black people, you know, aren't going to get married. They're not going to reproduce. They're not going to keep having children. So is this the 1950s? But this is what this is what a lot of uh, like Lord Jamar says the same thing from Brand Nubian. Um, there's these theories that that they're trying. The government is trying to push this gay agenda, working with the Illuminati to kill the black race, to make the black race die out because they're all going to become homosexual. It's the, the, one of the most preposterous things I've ever heard. It's disgusting, but it shows you, D, the lizard people are still in control. But it, it's just so myopic and just and small-minded that I, like, what, I'm, but whatever. I mean, you look at conspiracy theories, people have theories about everything. Oh, you know? it's all out there, isn't it? But I think they feel threatened by it, and that's what it is. You know? I think it is funny when um, male ego is so threatened like this, and this is the reaction to it. I just think it's hilarious. I, d- I just think it's funny how it's like the old black guys of rap who d- who are just so bothered by this and so threatened threatened by this paradigm that is shifting. And it is shifting regardless of their discontent and how much they bitch about, you know, uh, young rappers wearing dresses. Heteronormativity is being challenged in rap, and I think it's a good thing. It's being heard. It's being accepted with open arms. And, you know, and I think it also helps that the streaming era, you know, now that we can stream music online is disrupting the traditional way of how stars have been created. You know, you no longer have to you know, go through a producer or a DJ uh, to, to be heard. You know, you can be heard on your own and you can wear whatever you want. You don't have somebody, you know, dressing you and telling you what to, you know, what to wear in your video. You can do whatever you want now. And so you I think can. it's kind of cool. It's like that's why you have, um, you know, Lil Nas X, who's uh, coming out making Old Town Road and openly admitting to being homosexual and celebrating it. You know, he's put his nonconformity center stage, and I think that's a good thing. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is, is like I couldn't imagine any of those any rap performer wearing a pink cowboy suit and chaps in like 1995. And looking as good as him. Although yeah. actually, the, can I just point out the ODB, despite his meth habit, he always had a six pack and had a good body. So I think the ODB could have uh, pulled that Yeah, off. but I don't think he would have. I think he would have been scorned <laughs> by like, all of his friends. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Oh, with the sad way that Method Man. I don't think the Method Man feels like that to this day. I'm going to well, get in touch with him. That's what I'm saying. Hip-hop right now is probably at its queerest point than it, that it ever has been. And who knows good. what's going to happen. I mean, I think music needs to evolve. And I think it's a good thing, and I think it's moving in a step in the right direction. And so you do have members like Lord Jamar and, um, you know, a lot of these other guys, Method Man. I don't know if actually Method Man might. I don't know if he he still believes that because he's an actor. But like He gets a second chance. You know, like Inspect the Deck, Choke No Joke, Capadonna, and all these people who obviously are threatened by this. Um, But there are members 
of Rap Soul Guard who do accept it, like Nas. Nas, she's probably, you know, yeah, Illmatic is Illmatic's probably one of the best rap albums of all time. Nas join Lil Nas X um, at the Grammys. I think I have a picture of that. Um, at the Grammys of him. No, uh, we didn't. It's, it's the last picture. The one I was just showing of Lil Nas and is a. No, it's the one where. Oh, he's you know, like we do. I'm sorry. Five. I take it back. I take it back. Look, I'm just. I just work here. Hey. <laughs> there he is. So this is a picture from the Grammys of Lil Nas X and Nas, you know, coming out and uh, and doing a performance together. And I think it's kind of cool. You know, I think he accepts that, you know, you do have to push the boundaries. And that's what these guys are doing. You know, they're on the yeah. forefront pushing the boundaries, you know, taking music to a new level. And uh, and I admire um, what they're doing. So I think it's kind of cool. It's well. a revolution in hip hop. People. You know? <laughs> So, you know, maybe maybe this is the day when you get to see black queer men become huge stars. Yeah, let's hope for it. And maybe this is also the year when um, a British footballer will come out and say I'm actually gay, although I highly doubt that. <laughs> maybe next year. Well, I think people should celebrate it and accept it. And uh, it's all part of the Pride Month here. This is like a theme. I don't think we've ever done on Sick and Wrong. We've already done, I what, live- this is the third themed gay topic for uh on the, show. on the show yeah yeah i loves me a theme so it was this i'm probably to blame for this theming i'm gonna go uh drive around the prius uh blasting uh big fridia i don't even do I, it I, did you just say frida i don't even know how to say her name anyway <laughs> um go go check it out go go listen to some gay hip-hop some homo hop um people's episode 796 here second wrong got some news stories coming next uh but first here's a word about a patreon page I don't give a shit about saving lives. I couldn't care less if your mom dies, your kid dies. I don't give a shit about people dying. What I give a shit about is me not being able to go to a fucking bar. Do you want to hear more wholesome, quality content like this? Then subscribe to the Sick and Wrong Patreon, where for a mere $5 and up per month, you'll get exclusive news stories, phone calls, access to the Discord, and more. Patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, fellow Rotundos. So the first story we have here uh, has to do with Airbnb, which I've never been a fan of. Same. I hate Airbnb. I think they're disgusting. For the record, I am not down with Airbnb. I find it creepy. I think it's creepy and disturbing to stay in someone else's home. I think it's disgusting because they can't clean it properly like a hotel room, like a good hotel can. Well, I think it's weird to want someone to stay in your house. I also think that this is my fortress of solitude. This is my bunker. I choose who I let in and out. And unless I'm charging people 200 quid a night, then maybe I would change my mind. Okay, if I'm a rich person and it's like, and I own a bunch of condos, then sure, I could use Airbnb to be like, well... I don't live in I'll make I some live in Florida half the year. So yeah, I'll have someone stay there. But I think it's fucking weird to like, well, I'm gonna be out of town this weekend and I'll just like Airbnb my place for two days. I agree. It's weird, creepy, disgusting. I think there's an ulterior motive. I think what, what happens is I think they're screening to see if it's like a hot young girl that stays at the house. I think they have hidden cameras in the toilet and they hidden watch cameras. her defecate. They That's record it. what you do in your own home you don't have to tell us what that's what i'm saying i bet if you stayed i bet if you got an airbnb i would do a complete search in the entire place for cameras 
I, I think that as well. I think they're definitely watching you. I think there's some weird, it's just there's something weirdness about having that. And the other thing too, have you ever stayed in an Airbnb where they have like insane instructions? I've only stayed in one Airbnb once and I did not like it, hence why I've never gone back. But I have heard about, uh, there was the one Airbnb we stayed in actually, we weren't allowed to leave the property after 10 at night. That's why I was like, fuck this. I don't, I don't get it. Well, at least you didn't get raped in your rental. Um, Airbnb reportedly paid an Australian tourist $7 million after she was raped in a midtown rental in New York City. Fuck. Yeah. Um, There's a massive payout that's part of the firm's widespread push to hide these type of incidents. What? Not surprised at all. Well, I'm not surprised with Jesus Christ. Incidents. And it's more than just, you know, sexual assault. There's other... Weird shit that's happened with uh, Airbnb that they take great pains to hide. Holy they go to fuck, great like measures what? to hide. I'll get to it. So this stunning sum was doled out over the uh, previously unreported alleged crime um, as part of an estimated annual $50 million that Airbnb costs, coughs up to pay guests in legal settlements and to cover damage to the host homes. Apparently there's nice. a lot of that. I bet there is a lot of that. This is another reason why I was thought I would never make my fortress of solitude at Airbnb because I got a lot of wacky, crazy stuff in my house that I've been collecting for years upon years. And despite what you think about my heart, I know where every single item is. And if you were to ask me where my 1970s winking eye matchbook was, I could lead you right to it now. So if I was to open up my door and have some pricks come in and then they stole my winking eye matchbook from the 1970s. Or broke my, something. Like broke, broke one something. of your porcelain creatures. It's right. I can break a porcelain creature and I get sad. It's fine. I give a little bit of leeway to boyfriends because, you know, things happen, mistakes happen. But if one of those fuckers broke a porcelain animal, I would want compensation right there and then for it. And I, I just crying. don't trust people with my shit. It's my shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't want strangers shit. coming in here touching my things. Um, I don't either. The alleged Manhattan rape here occurred New Year's Day 2016 after this oh, unnamed 29-year-old Australian victim and several of her friends rented a first-floor apartment on West 37th Street, a few blocks south of Times Square. What's that like? The area? Uh, that I area have no sucks. Idea Times Square sucks. It? Yeah, it's yeah. like commercial. I know Times Square and... does, but yeah, is it no. just minging? I think this area, yeah. I, if I went to New York City, I would never stay there. Okay. Um, I'd probably stay Lower East Side or Brooklyn or something like that. But definitely right. not right Times Square, although I'm sure there's a lot of hotels there, so it's, it's a very touristy area. And New Year's Eve, they're the big, you know, the ball dropping. Well, that's dropping. why I thought, yeah. yeah, they go to see the um, ball drop. Like the, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> there, was, it, was it Lieutenant Dan? Was that in New York? Was they in New York for that? Yeah, I think they are, but they're watching no, it on the they're telly. At a bar are they not? watching on the telly. They're at a bar yeah. on the but telly. But they're watching they the not... ball drop in New York. Yeah, so. but yeah. they're in New York. Uh, the <laughs> guests allegedly picked up their keys from a nearby bodega earlier that night without showing identification. So they just went there, picked up the keys. They wouldn't even ask them, like, oh, these keys for this apartment up there? Oh, like, yeah, like, can I show see maybe your, your identification or your or uh, your booking notification or something. And, and then they went out. You know, they went out of the town, went to a New Year's Eve party, got wasted. Well, the victim returned earlier um, back to the apartment um, 
without her friends. Yeah, without her friends. Never do that. You never leave a man behind. You never leave a soldier down. You always go off in pairs if you're on a kind of group holiday like that. Maybe she can't handle her booze. Um, somebody had to go back with it. Like, this is irresponsible. Thing, the other weird thing too is she was she returned from the bar without her friends shortly oh shortly after midnight. So I guess the ball dropped and she was like, I'm going in. I'm done. Somebody should have gone with her. Well, her friends were probably uh, you know, slutting it up with uh some of those New Yorkers. With the New York men's. Yeah, I know, but like this is the friend code, isn't it? You don't you don't let a soldier go off. I'm by just a, yeah, I'm amazed that they would be in, you know, from Australia in New York City, which is a pretty dangerous city. Just be a let this in girl Times Square. Let's, yeah, let this like, you know, twenty something girl like, Oh, go go walk back to the hotel by yourself. Yeah, it's pretty There was a bollock dropped there and I'm I'm sure her friends are like well aware of it, but like there was I a I think she should dropped. pick new friends personally. Um, anyway, she, uh, returned from the bar without her friends shortly after midnight and the suspect, 24 year old junior Lee was hiding in the bathroom. He's he's accused of pointing a kitchen knife at her and raping her, which is a horrible way to start off a new year. Um, when police captured Lee later that night, they found a set of keys to the apartment in his bag, along with a knife and one of the woman's earrings kept a trophy souvenir. Wanker. He was charged with predatory sexual assault and could face life, up to life in prison. Um, he pleaded not guilty. He still remains in custody. <laughs> what a wanker. But get this. So hours after the assault, safety agents from Airbnb swooped in. They put the woman up in a hotel. They flew her mother in from Australia and offered oh. to pay any health or counseling costs. They have a staff of safety agents just ready to fucking go. Safety agents who do damage control. Because I think they're probably like, we're trying to get her not to sue. If we're really nice to her, take care of everything, maybe she won't sue us. You know? What the fuck? That is fucked up. But it's crazy that they have these like, you know, triage uh, department. This department of people that come out in emergencies and just kind of, it's almost like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. It is. You know? I was kind of thinking that. Um, one of the uh, one of the safety agents is Chris Lehane, who is a political consultant, um, and uh, who used to like work for Bill Clinton, um, right. doing political triage when uh, things would go wrong and cover ups. Um, he was afraid that the incident would be uh, used to help run Airbnb Airbnb out of New York City because the the companies had uh, fiery battles with regulators. I mean, I think I'm sure hotels hate Airbnb. It's kind of like the same thing with Lyft and Uber and cabs. Yeah. I know? bet they're all at mini wars and like, you know, hostels and hotels and B and B's. I bet they all just hate each of us guts. It's unclear though, how, um, the perpetrator got a key to the apartment, but if you could just walk into the bodega and be like, Oh yeah, can I have a key to the apartment without having to show any identification? I think I could make an educated guess. You know? I once went to go see a band in Hamburg. So I, like, I flew in by myself and I was going to meet up with the band um, that night. But when I, I couldn't check in to like, it was like a hotel slash hostel. It was really cheap, but it was more hotel side than hostel. They're like, we can't check you in till one o'clock. I was like, right, whatever. Hung out in Hamburg for the morning, ate some currywurst. Then I went there. And it was a tiny little room, a tiny little room. And I walked in and I was like, oh, I showed them the email, you know, the booking thing on my phone. And she was like, okay, yeah. So um, Derek is going to show you to where you're staying. I was like, where I'm staying? She was like, yeah, it's not here. It's down the street. 
What, and at, then, at another hostel? It's, just, it's the way they do it there. So then Derek came out of nowhere. And I mean, like this door just appeared out the wall and out came Derek. And he was like, can I take your bag? I See, was like, fuck no. No, he was a black like guy. Seven actually. foot tall. Oh. He was black. And um, Derek walked me down the street and he was trying to make like conversation with me. But I was like, what is going on here? And he was like, are you sure you don't want me to take your bag? I was like, no, no, I don't. Because if I have to like suddenly start to run, I'm running with my bag. I'm not running without my bag. So what did you do? Did you did you take it? We hostel? eventually got yeah. We eventually got to the hostel hotel. It was like a hostel slash hotel. And he took me up to the very top floor and he showed me to my room and it was all clean and lovely. But I was like, that was so fucking weird. And like I just like double locked the door and I went to sleep for a few hours. Did you have your own room? I thought hostels usually. Yeah, have I had my own. Yeah, my own room, but it was super tiny. That's this is more like why it was like a hostel slash hotel because it was a really tiny room that just had like a bed in it, yeah, and it was I've super clean and pretty. Once and I hated it. I'll never do I've that. Stayed, I will never stay in an Airbnb because I don't trust them and I don't trust hostels either. I've stayed I th- in one. Hostel I think it's once. funny when uh, you see guys my age in a hostel. See, to me, that's predatory behavior. That's creepy as shit. Yeah, it it's is, like a forty-six-year-old dude at a hostel. You stay in a hostel when you're like 20. 20, and you're you're going with your mates yeah, through like Thailand or whatever. But if you're older than that, or maybe if you're a band and you've got no other place to stay, but then you get your own fucking room. You don't stay with like strangers. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's weird. Fucking, I mean, I can understand. Goes against like, my instincts. I can understand if you're like backpacking through Europe or something and you're by yourself because you can actually meet people in the hostel to hang out with. But if you're Gen- 46, you don't do that. That's just weird. <laughs> no, weird. it is weird. But that's what that just reminded me of. So the victim's lawyer um, negotiated a $7 million settlement two years after the assault um, that prevents her from blaming or suing Airbnb or the apartment's host. Um, their safety team worked hard to support the survivor following the horrific attack. We proactively reached out to NYPD after the attack to offer assistance for the investigation. We helped her into a hotel. We flew her mother out. The priority for our company and our executives was supporting the survivor and doing right by someone who had endured trauma, as if they really care. As if they really give a shit. They're just trying to protect their monies. Yeah. Um, the victim and her lawyer and Airbnb did not immediately reply here to any requests for comments, but this alleged crime was revealed as part of a broader investigation to Airbnb's internal safety team and the practices of this team, which they're responsible for cleaning up the company's worst crises. It's like a crisis management team, basically. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So former Airbnb safety agents described many shocking incidents um, involving hosts who discovered dismembered human remains in their properties, blood stains on their furniture and on their uh, carpet. Uh, some agents said they also had to console guests who had to run from secluded cabins and hide in wardrobes after being sexually assaulted by hosts. Oh, my God. Um, in another incident, a host found an Airbnb guest Naked in bed with his seven-year-old daughter. Fuck off, really? And how much are they going to pay out for that? How much is your child being raped worth to you? Well, I mean, that's that's a crazy thing, though, too. Is like, so you have a seven-year-old daughter, seven-year-old child. This is your house. And you let a stranger come and in stay your in your house. Can you remember couch surfing? 
Uh, yeah, I remember that site. I never did that one. I never did couch surfing, but um, my friends lived in a big, massive shared house. This is the second year of uni up the road from me. It was like a, a 12 room Victorian house. And they would, um, so each kind of level kind of like was like an individual flat type of situation. But I knew everyone who lived in that house. And they would do couch surfing. And like sometimes there was a cool Canadian guy. We went and took him out. There was some like Russian guys who came once. They were good fun. And there was lots of Chinese families would come and they would cook for them all. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, you don't know these people no, who are coming to this yeah. house at all. They like, may have a good rating I mean, on. That's a lot of trust to put into a stranger. Yeah, I definitely think it's a dumb student y. 20s thing to do like i wouldn't i never did it i was like i lived in it my own bed at that time i didn't mess around with it the guy who uh was on my show that uh on the podcast years ago that broke his dick broke dick thomas <laughs> um he used to be going or he used to advertise his place when before he had to move in with his mom but he used to advertise his <laughs> place for uh just hot chicks from europe to come stay at his place yeah and he would and always the, be like, oh, look at, check out this chick. She's, and he'd flip through and be like, yeah, she's going to stay here in two weeks. From she's Latvia stay or whatever. And be like, dude, I feel so bad for these girls. I fucking do, broke dick. Um, but you know, what's weird about this, though, is that the fact that the host is there with his daughter and this, while the Airbnb guest is there. Like, I, that would even be weirder for me. Like, it's already weird and unsettling for me to stay in someone's home. But to have the owner of the home there... Like um, uh, P Town and his wife. P Town's a big Airbnb guy. Like Is I, he? yeah, they they love Airbnb. And so when uh, I went to Denver, this is from Migley's wedding, like a couple of years ago. I got right. a hotel because I don't stay in Airbnbs. I stay in fucking hotels like a normal person. And so uh, P Town and his wife got an Airbnb, but like I think it was like a house. Like it was P Town and his wife and then my other friend. Uh, um, I don't know what's his name, but anyway, there were like four, there's two couples and they got this house and they're staying there. And I guess like, it was probably around like midnight or something. And, uh, Piton's wife, like heard all this noise and they're just like, this is weird. And they thought it was, you know, their friends that were staying there. But then, uh, the friend's girlfriend was like, I also heard some weird noises. And so then they, they looked around the house, the family who owned the house was staying in the garage. What the, what? While they all stayed in their beds? Yeah. What? How weird is that? That's fucking weird. Yeah, the whole family was in the garage. They had like uh, sleeping bags on the floor and they were sleeping in the fucking garage. I would never, I would be like the next day we're getting well, a Yeah, hotel. that's what they did. They went and got a, they had to get a hotel and I was just like, you know, I was like, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. And you you know don't see fucking weirdo like. Airbnbs. I don't like B&Bs in general. I don't like the personal kind of touches that they do. I've only stayed in a B&B once and it was a B&B down in Leicester. And when we came, I went there with Brain Tumor X and we went in, the guy said our names as soon as he walked in. And I didn't like that. I was yeah. already on edge because there's only like so many rooms. And then he was like, he was chatting to us. He was like, oh, do you want to come and sit in like the the, lo the lounge? We can have like a coffee together. I was like, no, <laughs> I want to go and put my, I'm in a hotel with my boyfriend. I want to go and stop him. I'm not going to sit in the lounge and drink like a fucking coffee with you, mate. 
Like, what the fuck is going on here? I think they're used to like older couples that want to socialize. They're personable, and, hang out. and yeah. I and I don't want to hang out. And then when we had breakfast the next morning, we were really hungover because we were visiting friends there. And I was like, oh, I had such a banging headache, and was like being really miserable. And this older couple who was sat at the table next to us were were chatting, and I just wanted to You're be just like, fuck off. Feck off, mate. Some, I don't want this. So I've never stayed in B&B since then. I would stay in a B&B before an Airbnb. That's for sure. I would too, because at least they're regulated. So until 2017, every person who signed an agreement with Airbnb over incidents like these were uh, allegedly required to sign a non-disclosure agreement, meaning that their harrowing stories probably went un- unreported. That's why. Because right. they're trying to bury the evidence, trying to hide it. Uh, but after the, Me, well, after the Me Too movement here exposed how these agreements can be used to protect abusive companies, Airbnb replaced the uh, non-disclosure agreement with a clause saying that recipients can't discuss the terms of their settlement or imply that it's an admission of wrongdoing. They could talk about being sexually assaulted or uh, you know robbed or whatever, but they can't, they can't blame Airbnb for this. Okay. Airbnb also employed high-profile political operatives to help negotiate the potential publicity nightmare of these incidents. So like that- What? uh, The Bill Clinton guy. Yeah, the guy who worked for Bill Clinton. You know, um, in addition to hiring LaHane, who worked for Bill Clinton, um, the company brought on Nick Shapiro, who is a former National Security Council advisor to then-President Obama and an ex-deputy chief of staff at the CIA. So, I mean, they must be paying these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to I can, do this. I can't believe this. This is crazy. Why anyone would ever stay in an Airbnb after hearing this is beyond me. Oh, it's a little bit cheaper. Shapiro, no, who helped handle, he was the safety agent for the uh, Midtown rape case. He said, this brought me back to feelings of confronting truly horrific matters in the situation room at the White House. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, last year, uh, during the pandemic, Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky uh, reportedly cried on a video call as he announced <laughs> he was laying off 25% of the company wor- company's workers, including 25 of the company's most experienced safety agents. I.e. the ones that cost him the most of yeah. money. He yeah. later partially reversed the decision and temporarily hired back 15 of those safety agents, because obviously they need them. Uh, But Airbnb, which, uh, you know, went public in December, had an IPO valuing the company at more than $109 billion. What? It's a billion-dollar company. $109 billion. How much money do you... When do you have an Airbnb? How much percentage do they take? I I have no idea. I would never do it. But, I mean, they must be making a... Obviously, money hand over fist. It's crazy. They must take a good percentage off you. Um, they're also working with the money. rental company VRBO to crack down on party houses. What's wrong? What, like Animal House? <laughs> well, no, I bet you that's... But, I mean, don't you think that happens? Like, if you have you know, a VRBO or an Airbnb in, like, Florida or, um, yeah. you know, Long and- Beach or something... Maybe not Long Beach, but like Florida or like South Padre Island or some of these spring break destinations. I bet you your house is just trashed. You know, what's a good idea, actually, is like buying a house in like Myrtle Beach or somewhere and then making it specifically knowing that it's going to be a party house and that fixtures and shit will get ripped out the walls. And then being being out as a party destination house. house. Like just do your worst. 
just do us like put make like rubber furniture nail everything the, down <laughs> yeah nail everything down buy the cheapest of shit that you just expect oh yeah these mattresses will probably have to chuck away because they'll piss on them and do that every time i bet you'd make a lot of just money provide the roofies that. It's like, Is that what you, you would do? Extra roofies. <laughs> you, you already sound like an Airbnb owner now. <laughs> I know. All in all, Airbnb's guilty. Stay far away from them. What do you have here Fuck for yeah. the second story? So a few people um, sent this story in. It was going on the Discord as well, but it got highlighted to me by uh, my fake mum. So thank you, my fake mum, for sending this to me. So it's a wife is found guilty of murdering her husband by pouring boiling water mixed with sugar over him as he slept at their home after they'd had a row. Whoa, that's like prison style. Was she in totally prison, prison style. Was she in prison at one point? Well, possibly we'll get into it. So Karina Smith, who was 59, she combined the liquid with three bags of sugar and she left 80-year-old Michael Baines with 36% burns to his body at their home in the Wirral, Cheshire. Now, the Wirral is kind of not a shithole, but it's like, it's for rich people. Nobody like who's like me lives in the fucking Wirral. Yeah, it's posh. So it's probably a shithole if you don't have the money to own a mansion. such an English name of a town. The Wirral. The Wirral. Yeah, and Cheshire. It's just that kind of like, there's nothing fucking there. It's just like fields. Hmm. She then went and told a neighbor, I think I've killed him. But, D. Simon, the day before the attack took place, Karina was described as angry and very upset at a rumor that had been circulating that her husband, about her husband, that she totally believed to be true because her daughter had told her. So I went and read the comments that were underneath all these like pictures of her on like the metro and stuff. They don't say what the rumor is in the article. They do. No, not in the articles. Um, it's do. only in the comments. So her daughter, they, her and her husband, they've been together a long time since her daughter and her son. They're hers, not biologically his. Oh, okay. So they're stepkids. Since they were him. young, they're his stepkids. How old is so, he and how old is she? He's Cousin? 18. She's 59. Ooh, it's a 20 year age difference. Yeah, it's pretty big. So her daughter, who's now a grown woman, had come to her and said that ever since she'd been a child, um, Michael Baines, the victim here, had been um, diddling her. Ooh, he was a kid. He's a nonce. Yeah. He's a nonce, yeah. So her brother is her brother, the diddled one. He didn't believe the girl, which I think happens quite commonly with diddled um, kids. The siblings often won't believe them because they've got a different experience. But we're not going to get into that right now. So all the comments were basically, he's a nonce, he's a nonce, he's a nonce, he's a nonce. So this kind of gives you like leverage as to maybe why she's going to pour burning sugar on this yeah, man. Yeah, molten sugar on the nonce. She was also his, his carer. And um, police say that the pensioner, he was rushed to the hospital in the early hours of July 14th last year in serious condition. No shit, this man is like being turned into like caramel. That's what she's done well, to she, him. Well, she wanted to give him pain. I mean, if she was his uh, caretaker, you'd think she could just poison him or kill him if she wanted to. But it sounds like yeah. she wanted to fuck him up. Maybe do like a Stephen Hawkins and just beat him over a long period of time. Yeah, That's but I mean, what yeah, Hawkins exactly. Did. Was that proven? Was she really abusing him the whole time? I think time? she was abusing him, wasn't she? Didn't he Didn't he have like mysterious bruises and she would just like give him the backhand and stuff like that? Oh, the people wondered about that, but I don't know if she was ever charged with assault. Print the myth, I say. Yeah. 
he also died a month later. So he went into hospital on July the 14th and he died on August the 18th, probably in excruciating pain. Although, do you remember, you know what this reminded me of? When I was a kid, ER was massive. Did you watch ER? I never really watched it, but I'm familiar with the show. George Clooney, right? Yeah, and uh, Noah Wiley. But there was this one particular episode where this guy comes in and he'd been in like a car crash and he had 85% burns to his whole body. And I think Ooh, when it gets to that like point, Freddy you just Kruger. can't survive it. Yeah, he was totally Freddy krueger and he looked like a kebab. And they just, it was the whole episode about him dying and all of them getting to know him in these like 12 hours before he died. But I was like, oh my God, this is an ER episode. Did it make you You'd hungry? have been there for a month. Um. Yeah, do I do kind kebab? of miss kebabs. I always want a kebab. It's my uh, the forbidden fruit on my vegetarian diet. Pescatarian, sorry. So what she'd done on the day of the incident, she had come home, she'd filled a bucket from her garden with boiling hot water, and she'd mixed it with nearly seven pounds of sugar. It's a lot of fucking sugar. And he lay asleep in bed upstairs, and she poured the contents of this bucket over his arms and torso, and then she just fucked off. Vicious. They just she poured the boiling sugar water all over him, sugar and then water. just left. Yeah, it's like the sugar water in um. I like it on Men in Black when he's like sugar water. You remember? <laughs> Why did he say that? <laughs> you know the the alien in the first Men in Black. He just wants sugar water. Oh, you don't okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He was like, a, was he a cockroach? Yeah, he was a yeah, big old yeah. cucaracha. Yeah. So, so what happens, um, for those who don't know, here's a scientific explanation. So the addition of sugar to boiling water, it forms a paste. And this sticks to skin and it intensifies the burns. It's like so napalm. It, and actually, used in prison, that's what they call it. They call it napalm. Yeah. I mean, can, don't they do that? What's the other thing they do in prison where they get like a bucket full What's of that? like shit and glass and, yeah, they uh, do that. Yeah, and I think like butter and stuff like that, and then they like yeah, throw they it melt on butter. you. Yeah, I know Sutcliffe had melted butter thrown in his face a few times. Oof. Yeah, like, oh, that's gonna fucking Harsh. hurt, man. Yeah. So she went down to this neighbor and she banged on the front door until um, her neighbor answered, and um, her neighbor called the police and the ambulance. But the first thing she said to them was, "I've hurt him really bad. I think I've killed him." Well, not really. You've just kind of killed him. And that's when the officers well, she's arrived like at the address. Here, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's she's doing it, but like, why didn't she just go and ring the ambulance? Why has she gone like nine houses down? Well, she's obviously distressed. I don't think she's trying to cover her tracks. Not, not she's a not trying to cover her tracks, but here. I think, uh, no, I think this is a bit mastermind, Dewey, because why? she's gone. She's gone nine houses down to a neighbor that she doesn't know, and she's she's been like knocking on the door at seven a.m. That's this is all eating time. But she's admitting time. to like, I think I killed him. Yeah. I don't think she, that's criminal she mastermind. Herself, she herself could have just gone downstairs and rang the ambulance and been like, I think I've killed him. Yeah, Except I think she was she, racked with guilt. She's chosen this. I don't think she Yeah, was. but it's not, it's not concealing her crime. She's not concealing it, but she's buying herself time so she can to kill him. If, he is not, if he's not already dead, then it's giving her time so he dies. Did she go back home to kill him? No, because the police arrived at the neighbor's house and they also went to his address and they found Mr. Baines. He was in excruciating pain. He was whimpering in bed with the skin on his right arm and hand just like peeling off. Like what happened to Whitney Houston when she got into her bath? I think she's a fucking idiot that missed a golden opportunity. 
No, I think uh, I think what she's done is quite clever because she's she's admitting the guilt of what she's done because she's an she's idiot that missed a golden opportunity. These... This guy. Well, what would you have done? Would you have fostered well, no. down its throat? No, what I would have done is this. Obviously, this is a marriage for money. Twenty years, twenty years or senior, he's probably lives in this Cheshire. Seems like a very affluent area, so he's probably very wealthy. The sure, liberal. he he's a nonce. I would have like murdered him in a way I wouldn't have gotten caught. He's an old man. I probably would have just made it that he died of old age. And then I I would have lived my life with all of his money. That would have been my big fuck you to that guy. Sure, you might have diddled my kid, but now we got all of your money and you're dead. Well, Dee, you see, the difference here is is that neither you or I are parents. So we can't comment on um, the anger, the insatiable burning anger that either of us would feel if our child ever turned to us and said, this is the man who is my father who has been diddling me. Can we? I think what she's done is kind of like her own A few own million pounds would alleviate the anger. I don't know if it would necessarily, because espe- especially mothers, you know, they have that, that motherly uh, urge to protect. How many millions of pounds? To punish him. How many millions of pounds would it take you for you we to get We don't actually know it? if he was rich, just because he lives in the Wirral Cheshire. Could be in, like a shit part of the Wirral what, Cheshire. What, tw- what woman would marry a guy 20 years older to take care of him? This is like an Anna Nicole Smith situation here, but probably less. Twenty money. years is fucking nothing, D. Simon. They could have married when she was like twenty-five and he was forty-five. That's like really nothing. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking she had two kids. She's like, I'm marrying this old guy. He's got oh, some this money. This is the best I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. She could have just. So, I think she could have just killed him. Put something in his she food. She could have just killed he him. He could have just died, and then she'd have had all that money. So he. He obviously died in the hospital. So her initial charges of uh, GBH, after he died, she was now charged with murder. And uh, she was found guilty of murder after a five-day trial. But she's uh, she has been sentenced, but it's not come out yet. So the detective chief inspector, Paul Hughes, he said that Smith killed her husband, Michael, in such a cruel and painful way. To throw boiling water over someone when they are asleep is absolutely horrific. To also mix three large bags of sugar, brown sugar, with the water showed the determination that she had to cause serious harm. The sugar placed into the water makes it viscous. It becomes thicker and stickier and it sinks into the skin better. She was basically making a man caramel and although caramels are tasty, we as a car and as a country cannot condone this type of disgusting yet tasty behavior. Yeah, <laughs> tasty behavior, you made that up. Um, looking at her picture, she kind of looks like Michael Caine with a blonde She's hard. This is why she kind of look like Michael Caine? Have... She's, she's hard faced, isn't she? That's what I'm saying. She kind of looks like Michael Caine with a blonde wig. So again, this is the the this is the um, uh, Paul Hughes talking. It left Michael in agony, and rather than going downstairs and calling the emergency services, she wasted time by going to a house nine doors away to tell a neighbor who she wasn't even close to about what she had done. Michael was an elderly man who fought for his life after the attack, but sadly, in the end, he passed away. My thoughts continue to be with this family at this incredibly difficult time. So they do, um, the prosecution, they kind of address the rumors that were going on. So they say that she confessed to the manslaughter of her husband, but the CPS refused to accept that. The CPS case was that her actions were deliberate and considered. She was clearly upset about the dispute between herself 
her daughter and her husband. But the evidence demonstrated that she was in control and she acted in anger when she poured the lethal mixture over her husband and she wanted to extract revenge. She intended either to kill Michael or to cause him really serious harm. And so she pursued a prosecution for murder. The jury has agreed with us. They found her guilty. This is a tragic case that has devastated the family of Mr. and Mrs. Baines and our thoughts remain with them. Definitely premeditated. So, I mean, obviously, she was looking for a way to inflict as much harm as possible. Which well, who who the fuck keeps three bags of sugar in the house? Yeah. No one. Are you yeah, gonna go out and crazy. buy them? Like three but, bags or seven pounds of sugar. She like mixed in a in a boiling water mixture to pour on this guy while he's sleeping. Yeah, pain. she wanted to inflict some real pain on this dude. I think the revenge meant more to her than money. This is my point. Yeah, it sounds if like he, it. Yes, yeah, so she was doing it in revenge for her daughter, who he had diddled her whole life, apparently, according to the the good people on the comments of the Metro. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the daughter's. I wonder if the daughter thanked her, even though well, she's, gonna she's be in prison. Be well, she's not going to be in prison that long. How, how long do they get for this? Like, there's still years? Um, the sentencing is still coming out. Yeah, it's England. You get like eight, eight years. years, eight years, and like no eight years hard time with your PS Five. Yeah, and no crumpets or whatever your. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how your jurisprudence works there, but it it doesn't seem to make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, America's just as bad. Yeah, we'll you. put you to death here. Um, people send your story, Sigrun Podcast at gmail.com. Got some phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032. But first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got some phone calls to get to. Um, people can call the Drunk Dial line, 323-522-4032. Trying to build out the backlog of calls. You know, we got some good calls that were emailed to us, actually. Warwick Davis sent a good one this week. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, a few other people. So yeah, I'm trying to build out the backlog. So people send in some calls, want some interesting ones. Give us some stories, some personal anecdotes, some horror stories, something that will shock us. That's what I want. All of the above. But yeah, we've been getting some good ones. Actually, this week we have some really good ones. So uh, the first call here, though, is a guy who is amazed and sick and wrong. Oh. Hey, Dean Kate. So, you know, I've been listening to Sick and Wrong since the early days with Wackerly, and I don't know how it got past me. I did not know you were on YouTube all this time. Anyway, um, I'm glad I do now. So, uh, and it, Kate is way hotter than I thought. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, hey, later. What am I, Swiss cheese? Yeah, I told you, I'm the better one. <laughs> this guy's just confirmed it. It's really damaging it. my you. ego here, man. I do like his accent. Where's he from? I don't know, since generic American. Just Midwest. But, uh, yeah, maybe Midwest. He's I'm a corn sure. husker, a corn state. I'm going to say he's a corn fed boy. But yeah, we've been on uh, the YouTubes for a while, although recently, um, well, not recently, but... 
up until like what a month ago because your your uh, schedule at work changed but then now it changed back because the woman's back from was it maternity leave what why were you why were you working the weekend shifts yeah no i was working crazy shifts where i was doing like three days in one day off three days in one day off but so were you covering never, like, for somebody like why was this yeah it was like part of maternity covering i said oh. i would do my part for it but i wasn't going to do that for like nine months while the bitch was off like do you know what i want maternity i'm never going to have a child but i want my maternity cover why can't i have it you should be allowed to have it for your for your cats you know your, or your yeah dogs. that money that money is given by the government so the government owes me that money i want nine months off to like live a good life why not? That's bullshit. He's fucking bullshit, Unfair. man. Um, but anyway, what I was saying is, uh, yeah, we it's started live streaming. Well, we started live streaming on YouTube. It was, you know, it's kind of fun. And so um, we stopped for a bit while Kate's schedule was kind of hectic. But now that it's back to normal and you're not working weekends anymore, we're going to start live streaming again. So uh, probably starting maybe next week, we might get back to <laughs> yeah. live streaming on the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Again. I kind of like live streaming the YouTubes because it's like you can you can chat with uh, the peeps, the, the people. people. A lot of a lot more interaction, you know. I think we're yeah, gonna try fun. to do it earlier though in the day so we can have some uh, some more Americans, some Yanks, Yanks to yeah. interact with. We always found it hard arranging a time, but we should. Well, we're we try have failure plus. This is a transatlantic podcast. We have like an eight-hour difference, so it's kind of tough to sync up. Like one of us is gonna have to be up all night. You know, yeah, Usually or or early morning. You know, so it's kind of usually like, that's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we we have to kind of figure that out. But anyway, we're gonna try probably get back on the live streaming horse maybe next weekend. I think we're gonna aim for like what is it midnight in Europe, and then that's like four slash five o'clock your time. Yeah, so that would yeah. work. Maybe seven o'clock East Coast. So, but we'll we'll uh, post about it on Facebook and Twitter, so you guys can so you'll can know check it out, and yeah. you can join us. Um, next call we have here is a bit of a uh, sick and wrong celebrity. Haven't heard from him in a little while. Ooh. Marshall Island Tony. <gasps> I love Marshall Island Tony. Hey, it's Tony. On my last call, you asked about the international hooker scene, but I've been almost exclusively in Asia. A couple of trips to South America was in the UK. He definitely has like a Asian fetish. Marshall Anthony, tell us about going to South America. You got to tell us some South America stories. For a bit, but I was with a Jap woman at the time. No chance to sample the local flora and fauna there. <laughs> okay, I saw your picture on the website. It didn't make my wallet feel fat. <laughs> but enough of the <laughs> sweet talk, you know. He's I'm right. Tell you about a bar in the Philippines. <laughs> I was in this place one afternoon, and this girl, she starts talking about giving me an ice job. It's my first time in the Philippines. I'm still just basically a... Wait, he say ice job? Yeah, do you know what I think an ice job will be? I think like a blowjob with an me. ice cube in the mouth. I was thinking that, or it's like on nine and a half weeks, you know, where he'll put the ice all over. She'll put oh, the ice all over your body. Yeah, really cold. And then, yeah, then she'll give you a bluey with an ice cube. Well, that's it's like the humid type of stuff. and hot there, as I imagine, probably True. Be good. But that's like the type of stuff you do when you're like 20 and you first start giving blowjobs. And that's when you start like, oh, yeah, I'll put some ice in my mouth and then I'll take a sip of like a warm drink the next and I'll keep doing that. It's like nowadays, it's like, no, you just get a blowy. I'm not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> no it fancy all takes stuff. Prep. There's no like, I just don't want extras. It's, it all takes prep. Like, I'm not going to plan out the blowy. I'm just going to offer it to you at the time. You either accept or you don't. 
<laughs> that's it. I mean, it, for me, it's like a blowy's good enough. You know, you don't need to do. Uh, I don't need the. See, that's the attitude. That's yeah. the attitude I'm looking for. I don't make wallets fat. You just get what you're given, and you should like it. That's why the wallet's not fat. Yes. <laughs> off the farm, so I have no idea what the hell she's talking about. But I was intrigued, so I paid. I think it was probably like five bucks or so. I don't remember. And we went back to this this room, kind of behind the bar. I could tell it was where she lived. Uh, she had this, for example, she had this picture of this all-too-famous 2,000-year-old Jewish zombie. I, I hope a certain heathen podcaster <laughs> knows what I'm talking about there. Love I Marshall Allen Turney. There to, you know, protect her from AIDS. Or I think I could take a guess. Clap of the yap. That is kind of funny to uh, commit acts of prostitution right in front of your Lord and Savior. Do you think she would keep her eyes open and look into him and be like, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me for all my sins. I don't know why she's Southern, but... She's yeah, no, she's like from the Philippines. I don't think she sounds like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be weird. Like, that would probably kill the mood for me to do it in like a big religious room like that. But I mean, Jesus loved the whores. Look at Mary. She, she was washing his feet. And we all know yeah. that washing his feet meant giving an ice job to Marshall Island Tony. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but he was super into fisting. I knew that about Jesus, actually. Yeah, super into Did fisting. you also know that he's a leather daddy and he's really into whips? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fisting and whips and holes in the hands. Um, but yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I, it would just be weird to be the in a... The new glory hole. Like, would you, would you be... Would it even bother you if you're in a room with a bunch of religious like iconography like all over the room? Or would it heighten uh, your passion? It depends because like some men are really into that and but they're not religious. They just love how it looks. That's fine with me. But it, it no no religious man, come on, is taking me back to their house, are they? And <laughs> <Am> they <laughs> Unless he's gonna try and get me into his cult. I but... like votive candles. I'm a big fan of votive candles. So I have a few like religious shit dotted about the house. Cool. So I just I just like the way it fucking looks. Like you know, the only time like that's the thing. I think I don't really care all that much about like uh the environment typically. Like I don't know, unless it's something really weird. Typically I don't even really care and usually I'm drunk, so I'm just focusing on one thing and that's usually tits. But um I remember one time going home with uh this chick, uh Oh, look at when was that? It's probably like 2009 or something. And she collected vintage clown dolls. You, like you vin- told me this. Yeah, story. vintage clown dolls. Yeah. And like, I'm talking about like these, like from like the 1920s and like the 1940s. That's and they a pretty were cool thing to collect. All over her fucking room. Skip, that is like fucking, that, that, would that skeeve you out? It was so weird. Like, I remember being like, we were kind of stoned, a little drunk, and we'd go back into her room. I'd never been in a room before, and uh, she had bunk beds too, which is weird. See, that's fucking weird, David. And fucking weird. Having yeah. bunk beds is weird. Well, well, so was like, was one bunk covered in the clowns? In the clowns. Both bunks? No, the one bunk is where she slept, and the other, and the top was like covered in clowns. These vintage kinda, clown dolls. That's kind of cool, but at it the same wasn't, time, wasn't cool. At the same time, totally I killed find dolls- my boner. I kill. I find dolls kind of creepy, hence why I have a porcelain zoo. But if I brought a man back here and he said, "Oh, I find porcelain animals creepy," I'd be like, "Get the fuck out!" 
get the fuck out of this house because this this is not the right house for you right now. These fuck things off. look like Annabelle, you know, from Conjuring. They're just <laughs> yeah. fucking creepy looking fucking things, and they're like, and they're clowns. And I was just like, we got to go into the living room because I can't deal with this. It's like they're, they're all looking at my tiny yeah. little picker. I was just like, I can't deal with this. They're laughing at me. They're laughing yeah. at my manhood. Well, you should definitely be used to that by now. Worry. But at that time in my life, you know, having those scheming, dewy eyes staring at me, especially after I just See? paid the whore of Babylon, <laughs> was a little bit unnerving, but the ice job, you know, blowjob with ice okay. in the mouth was, okay. was of course, with ice. cool and refreshing. It helped me, you know, wash the dew out of the <laughs> gas chambers of my mind. So she did that for a while, and then she's switched to something. I don't know what the heck it was, but it had the opposite effect. It made it feel really warm. And This is an old trick. Happy what, sriracha in her mouth or something? No, it would be like, um, I used to do it with hot chocolate. I had a boyfriend that I did this with like when I was like in my 20s. It was totally a thing when you're like, Wait, oh you my God. Wait, you would put I'm... ice in your mouth and then put hot chocolate in your mouth and suck his you, dick? You'd like, you put ice in, his mouth, so, in your mouth, suck his dick for a bit, and then you'd like spit the ice out and take like a drink of hot chocolate. Warm your mouth up. You don't want to be like boiling the dick. And then you would like, and because of the temperature differences, it's, they, he Does it feel it. better? Like, is it? Well, he, yeah, because so you're it. taking it to the two temperatures. Yeah, he did like it. But then it just got to the stage where I'm like, I'm not doing this all the time. <laughs> hey, make a hot chocolate. No. And that's why relationships go sour. <laughs> Eventually the girl's like, oh, fuck this. You're just getting tits. a blowjob, yeah. love. Yeah. You're just getting a normal blowjob. Like, look at my tits and whack off. That's about all you're getting tonight. <laughs> Real quick, like. So that was good, but the kind of the kicker here is, um, as I'm leaving the bar, you know, I'd sobered up a bit by then. I looked back, and I noticed their sign, and it was like this big kind of Superman S, and above it it said Super, and below it it said Head, and along the front of the bar, written in big letters, was their slogan: "It's nice with ice." Nice. So this is the bar, very openly, especially specializing in ice jobs, called Superhead, which. It's something I think every neighborhood should have. Anyway, I agree. Later. I like how they advertise it. It's like you can go to this place and get super head. It's nice. Well, with it's like, ice. yeah, they market it. <laughs> I like it. I agree with this. I love Marshall and Tony. I love his calls. I love his stories. More, more Marshall Island Tony. Yeah, we need to hear more stories of your deviancy, uh, Marshall Island Tony. I am never. I am never. You're, it, it never fails to impress me with the, the depths of depravity of this guy. Yeah, you know that was a great story, though. I don't uh, know. It's, it's, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by it. Um, you know, so he's he obviously had relationships because he said he was in South America with a, a Japanese woman. So, like, I wonder how long he's been. Are you saying like before. a relationship that's not like monetarily based? <laughs> Yeah, you know, this woman is choosing to be with him. I, I bet you there was some, some kind of money, currency being exchanged. Do you think? I yeah. Tell us, Marshall Anton. I'd be very intrigued. <laughs> yeah, what happened to this Jap, this uh, so-called Jap <laughs> that you mentioned before? I want to hear more about this. You know, he did send me a picture of uh, or a video that he took of this, like, crazy drunk girl in Osaka, Japan that was screaming, like, I guess her name was Psycho, and she was just like, Psycho. 
It's a weird video. What post. did she look like? It's just a normal Japanese woman. Or did she have like the yeah, bright she's hair? Pretty attractive. Was she kawaii or what was she like? No, I was just kind of attractive, regular looking Japanese girl. But uh, but yeah, it was just like a picture of Marshall it. Island and his mates and this like crazy girl like screaming. So I'm, I bet she gets up to a lot of hijinks. I bet he does on that island. Like, do you, Marshall Island, Tony? What I want to know: Do you have like a crew that's like the prost, like like the prosty crew? Like, we go <laughs> out prosy. and we're yeah, we're going out for some prosies. Like, that's that's the goal. The lads, and then you all like afterwards come back and like talk about you know pouring vodka on your dick to kill like the uh, infections, <laughs> and then high five each other and, and give some war stories. I want to hear about that. Like, uh, yeah, and also I want to hear more war stories too. And what happened to the Japanese girl? Um, let's call. just let's just change the, uh, the 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 mood here, okay? Let's let's mm-hmm. let's get something a little more wholesome. How about um, some stories of Thai butt plugs? Oh, hey D and Kate, this is a Swede, and uh, I feel like it's Talk. time to bring out the big guns. I gotta say, <laughs> Swede called in. And this is a first for sick and wrong, and I gotta say I'm very impressed by this. He called in with a prelude to his call, and he actually has a music bed for the call, which I don't think anyone's ever done on this show. That is dedication to your story, to your craft. I'm I'm impressed by it. You're gonna be impressed by it too, by his song choice. Oh, uh, time for some butt plug stories from Thailand. Um, I think this might require some mood and some music to be honest uh so put on your scented candles and i'll go get some music and i'll be right back with you you saxon sexies i gotta say i'm impressed so this is the prelude to the call about thai butt it's like he's making an overkill <laughs> he is in a yeah in a sense he's adding this is like some, what i do on overkill <laughs> so the music bed here um but yeah, I like that. You know, we're not really shifting gears. This, from Marshall Island story to Thai butt plugs is pretty much all the same. Why does it all happen in Asia? Yeah, that's what happens over there. Right. Okay, I hope you're all settled in and ready for tonight's debauch. Uh, I went to Thailand with a friend of mine in the early 2010s. And uh, of course, we were set on sampling everything that our youthful fantasies had built up in our minds before getting on to this magical place uh, where everything was possible and not forbidden. Have you ever been to uh, Thailand? Um, I have never been to Asia. Oh, you've never been to any Asia Sounds like a song lyric, doesn't it? It's not like you've been to every Asia country, do you? You've been to one. I've only been to Japan, yeah. And that's the weirdest one there. Yeah, well, I've heard Bangkok's pretty weird, but Japan is would, bizarre. Yeah. Japan's a bizarre place. I would love to go place. to China. China's like probably like Shanghai. I feel like I would have a real good time if we're in Shanghai. Next time I go to your Erda Asia, I want to go to Bangkok and then I want to go to uh, Cambodia. The Killing Fields. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Killing Fields is like second on my list of places to go. Because I've heard you can go to, you can fly into Thailand and then to go to uh, Cambodia, it's not, it like an $80 flight. Yeah, it costs nothing. I want to yeah. see the tree that they all killed the babies on. That's what I want to see. Yeah, get, get a selfie. Yeah, in front of that tree and be like, this is the baby killing tree, yo. 
I usually go to hospital for the abortions, but I could have just come to this tree. But there are a lot of, I'm assuming there's a lot of butt plug encounters that happen in Thailand. Well, of course. Uh, we went and we indulged in the devil's juice. And after our second night, we decided to go uh, to those famous ping pong shows. And we no. didn't think that would be averse to our sensitivities. Uh, when presented with our options, we opted for the most uh, expensive uh, show called the Deluxe Show, not knowing what it meant. I'm assuming those ping pong shows are just just for tourists. I don't think any regular Thai person is like, oh, let's go check out a ping pong show. I don't know. It might just be a local thing. It's like, um, do you know who Sticky Vicky is? You ever heard of Sticky Vicky? No, who's that? So, so Sticky Vicky is an expat and she lives out in, I can't remember which Spanish, might be like Lanzarote or Mallorca, it's one of those places. But she's the person who brought ping pong balls to Europe. And she all season long, and also her daughter does um, shows as well. So the Sticky Vicky's daughter is now taken over because Sticky Vicky is like fucking probably in her 70s by now. Have, you ever, people... have you ever tried that? What, putting ping pong balls up me and shooting them out? Yeah, just seeing if you could do it. I have really, because I've never had children, so obviously my pelvic floor muscle is like, you know, it's like a a clam. I could, like, probably break a dick if I wanted to. (laughs) I I think I could do it. Don't tempt me. We were going to make that dreidel video, remember? We never made that dreidel video. Where it was like, I was going to shove. Well, yeah, it's still not Christmas yet. Sorry, Hanukkah. still time. Time for Hanukkah. Uh, surely enough we were soon to be educated uh, first the mama of the place came out uh, presenting her buttocks and out of her pussy flew a small bird uh, amazed as we were we consulted with each other about how this contraption might have worked it must have been an empty toilet roll with a bird forced into it um, not- that actually makes sense I was wondering I'm like she had to put some kind of cylinder or something but to have yeah. a bird fly out of your pussy, that's magical. I don't think I could do that. I'd be worried about the bird. Yeah, like how do you hold it in and make sure that the bird's actually going to fly out? Well, you know when you put a bird in your hand, when you hold a bird in your hand is worth two. In the- oh, my God, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's how I would sell that show and be like, if you want to see me do the bird trick, you're going to have to pay double right now. Oh, I that's thought you I meant would- put two birds up there. Well, that would, oh my God, then that would be quadruple. Wow. Yeah. But birds, when they get in your hand, they like, they just like go to sleep. They get very secure and snuggly. So I imagine a a, a pussy is a good place for a bird because they would just feel secure. Yeah, but it sounds like she she had to put them in like some kind of cylinder, like a tube or a toilet paper roll or something. Yeah, and just like inserted them like a tampon. I'm sure she wasn't putting them into her womb, they're just going into her vagina. So they're just like snuggled. Very cavernous, but it sounds a bit. Animal cruelty, but well, it was amazing. Um, Then came the expected signatures in form of the butt plug converted Sharpies. I, of course, went first and I got the Swede written on my bare chest by a quite agile (laughs) asshole wielding Thai girl. then came Nils's turn, and, and unbeknownst to my dear friend, I had asked for the madam to pick out a ladyboy and for her sharpie to be permanent. 
and a clear message to be written on his chest so everyone, not only me, could enjoy this bare-chested escapader uh, during our stay. So Nils got settled to the stage uh, bare-chested and this transsexual woman comes forth and uh, proceeds to write not his name, like mine, uh, but I love Katois, which means I love ladyboys in time <laughs> on his chest. <laughs> to be sure, this uh, vacation was fantastic. And the next story will be from the same visit, but uh, it will conclude with me being tattooed with a naked guy, well, by a naked guy, whilst being passed out on the beach. Much love from the Swede, and I hope you enjoyed this story. Wow. Awesome. That's a hell of a story there, Swede. That's a hell of a story. And a great song for the music The Hollies. Yeah, Yeah, the Hollies is a great band. Wasn't that Credence? No, that's the Hollies. What? Woman in a long black dress. Yes, it is. That's not. You think that was John Fogarty? Listen. David, don't you tell me what is CCR. That's not CCR. It's the the Hollies. Much love from the Swede. And I hope you enjoyed this. Oh, yeah, you're right. I thought that was Credence. That is, do, do not tell me what John Fogarty's voice sounds like. That is the Boring. Hollies, long black dress. Yeah, I guess I thought that was uh, Credence. I, I'm mistaken. I stand corrected. Don't, don't even um, come at me about the CCR. Very Credence sounding funny. song, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it was popular at the time. Yeah, very Credence sounding song. Roots rock, as they call it. But yeah, that's a hell of a story. I mentioned like... Thailand, like Bangkok, would be a great place to go with your mates at that time. This is totally like a lads, 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 cans, cans, cans for like 10 days. You're just out of it. And then you go home and you're like, what the fuck did we do? Oh man, we've all got these fucking tattoos. What a holiday. Fuck it. We, you know, we banged a cock and then we fucked it. (laughs) I wonder if it's like one of those things of like, what happens in Bangkok stays in Bangkok. They probably (laughs) don't want to tell their friends, but you probably have photographic evidence. Whenever I hear that men are going to Thailand, just immediately in my mind, and I'm sure Marshall and totally will agree, it's just you're going there for sexual tourism. Well, you're going there to have sex with ladyboys. Like my brother lived in Australia for like six years, and he would go over to Thailand all the time. And I just knew he was banging hearts. Yeah, he probably was. Like they're like ten a penny. Did you ever ask him? No, because we don't talk. Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe if you should... he ever gets if he ever gets back in touch with me, that's like in my top five questions to be like, hey, how you doing? What you been doing for the last ten years? By the way, <laughs> you know it'd be hilarious if we called him from the show. Obviously, you have his number. And we asked him like, did you ever bang a lady boy in Bangkok? He probably would answer. You think so? This we is my nice totally brother, not my. Yeah, but this would brother. be great because. I feel like I could heal the divide between you and your brother, <laughs> and we can we could do this over humor. See, there is no divide between me and my younger brother. We just don't talk. There's a divide. Definitely. No, there's there is no divide. We, we just yeah. don't talk. There's, a, <laughs> there's definitely a divide, a canyon that needs to be surpassed. I can help you through this, Kate. Canyon and um, yeah, we're gonna become rebonded. <laughs> um, yeah, through the grand cavernous vaginas of the ladies in time. Yeah, yeah, we could we could talk about it, reminisce about good times. Actually, you know, you know, maybe he'll be like a revolving guest 
on the show. A revolving guest or like fucking what best man at my wedding one day. Highly doubt that. <laughs> we can try. One I will make my try, attempt to David. heal the divide. Um, <laughs> thank you there, sweet. I want to hear more stories. Now you've like piqued my interest. Like I want to hear more. I want to. Yeah, I, sweet. You know, there's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be some. Put a CCR song uh, on the next one so David yeah, can recognize it. Do a, do a CCR song for me because that one threw yeah. me off. Um, yeah, that totally threw me off. Um, but yeah, yeah, I want to hear some more. That that's that's what I'm talking about. That that is a true work of art for a phone call. Very Loved impressed. It. It, was, by it. it was like a, it was like an overkill episode. Thank you, sweet. <laughs> um, people call the signal hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. We're about wrapping up the show, and I just wanted to mention the Patreon page because we usually do that at the end. But um, yeah, you know, if you're a fan of the show. You want to give back a bit. You want to support us. Uh, sign up for the Patreon. You know, uh, definitely keeps us going. Um, and we're just, you know, we're obviously not just asking for a don- donation here because um, we give you a lot in return. And actually, we are going to be doing something somewhat unique on the Patreon. We have an announcement that's going to be happening over a series of months, weeks, weeks, months, kind of. I'm not quite, quite sure exactly how long it's going to be. But we will be giving periodic updates only on the Patreon about this very big news that we have to it announce. Is very, it's very big, important I'm teasing news. it. I'm teasing it to get people you to are. sign up for the Patreon. And patrons are going to be the only people you hear about this journey from beginning to end. It's Yeah, it's pretty crazy what we're going to be talking about and we'll be discussing it in detail only on the Patreon in uh, coming months. So if that doesn't entice you to sign up, I don't know what will other than um, maybe this new game we were playing on the outtakes. (laughs) Jew or not Jew. I'm pretty good at it. Come on. You got, uh, you got to say that I'm a contender for it. You did. You did uh, actually, uh, guess one that I would have been thrown off. Uh, I got some wild on. cards. Paula Abdul. I He's never would have guessed she was a Jew. A Syrian Jew. Like her uh, parents were Syrian Jews. Never would have yeah. thought that. Paula Abdul. You can but, hear uh, my Kate thought process. Actually, yeah, Kate actually guessed that. But you did miss a few obvious ones too. I did, but... But it's it a tough a really game. It's game. the first time we ever played. And so, yeah, it's a new thing. I was just kind of testing it out in the outtakes. Jew... Or not you. Not and we kind of did some actors, comedians, uh, historical figures, and uh, Kate had to guess you or not you. Um, but that's a, that's the thing. That's the type of craziness, wackiness we get onto with uh, Patreon. When you're flea flying, flying with the Patreon, you know, there's no barriers. There's no safety nets. You know, anything can that's happen. That's true. Um, but yeah, for five <laughs> bucks a month, you get an extra story, you get some phone calls. A few bucks more, you get the sick and wrong news segment. Um, this week we kind of got into a, 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 I don't know, a, a fiery discussion here about why some people think Taco Bell's gone downhill. Um, yeah. Also, we were talking about uh, another uh, man who said um, he was a, actually he was at a bar and he was saying you don't wear face masks because they shrunk his manhood. And uh, see, I'm we're... always kind of drunk when we do the news, so when you read these back to me, I'm like. Is that what we talked about? Yeah, we're debating this, whether or not face masks. Um, right. Oh, okay. Can, uh, I'm sure whatever I said is bullshit. Shrink but... <laughs> your manhood. 
Uh, this guy was warning shoppers that this could happen. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we that's our sick and wrong news segment. And typically, we have it. I don't remember which tier it is, but uh, this week we're going to be doing tenor. it. Oh, it's a tenor. Okay, mm-hmm. this week we're going to be doing it. Um, publicly accessible we're gonna put it at the public tier just for a couple weeks so people can sample the goods you can try it out take it for Get a the test patron run app. i'll go yeah. to patreon and just listen to it through there just go to yeah. patreon.com slash sick and wrong you can sample the news you can also sample uh this week's episode of overkill which uh kate did on john wayne gacy it's called the gacy you hardly knew and uh, yeah. it's all sorts of weird esoteric facts about John Wayne Gacy. Kind of. It's like my the favorite killer clown. Facts. It's not a, by no means is it like a concept, comprehensive, full on boring history of like Gacy. It's just like things I find interesting about him. And um, ultimately, it's me getting very angry about what an absolute cretin and wanker I think that man is. Yeah, Kate's very homophobic. She hates <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. And, no, uh, it's not. In fact, that is the very low because he's of the gay. tier of why I hate him. He's no, gay. no, I hate him because he plays the fucking victim and he's a cunt. He's a gay but he's part of the pride theme. Part of the pride theme <laughs> we've got going on. Because it's so all good. pride on overfit. Yeah, and we're gonna keep it public. So, so for the next couple of weeks, you can go hear um, Kate gay bashing the. Uh, <laughs> clown killer um but yeah that's what happens on the overkill so yeah go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong sample the goods check it out sign up support the show you do um you're really helping us out we appreciate it also uh we do have a t public store so if you want to go get some sick and wrong goods sick and wrong goodies some merch uh you just go to sick and wrong podcast.com slash shop click on the picture of the pope and uh yeah shop till you're uh till you're content um, finally is here that the, uh, is that the slogan D shop yeah shop till you're content content till your heart is content because you're <laughs> you're satiated with your sick and wrong merch um, finally here sick and wrong song of the week so you know I was like looking I'm like hey you know we should play some some gay homo hop you know some gay hip hop because obviously we're talking about this but then I was listening to some of that hip hop and uh, I'm not gonna put um Big Frida in there because I kind of like her, but like, I like little, her little Mouse X and uh, this Zebra Cats and this Mickey Blanco and Frank Ocean. I gotta say it's kind of lame. I mean, I obviously am not a hip hop, you know, current hip hop aficionado. I don't know that much about it, Same. and obviously it's not my genre of choice. I do love '90s hip hop and uh, and 80s hip hop but it's like I'm, you know obviously i'm not an expert in this in this area so i was sampling a bit of it and i'm like god this music kind of sucks i was like there's got to be some more hardcore like gay gangster rap and then i came across faggot bruce <laughs> faggot bruce rules i gotta say like that is the gay hip-hop that i've been looking for you sent me a song, and I also agree that Faggot Bruce is really fucking good. And then I found his Twitter. Oh, and his, his Twitter's Twitter amazing. Is just as good as his music. What a character. It's like he tweets out lyrics, but they're all like, yeah, like really homoerotic. You gotta go on his Twitter. They are homoerotic. This man loves his sex life, and I like it. He likes dicks. He definitely likes he, dicks. He's a big fan same. of the dicks. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to end the show here with uh, some hardcore gay gangster rap by Faggot Bruce. The song is called Cockstar. Um, So people go check it out. We'll be back next week with episode 797. Until then, take it sleazy. Mm -hmm.
Faggot Bruce. Faggot Bruce. Coming once again. Cockstar 2008. He's back, motherfuckers. Winston Death on the track. Cheer, the motherfucking English bulldog knuckle. Buck! Bust it. Booyah! You grip it, then you kiss it. I'm gon' stick it. It's time for abuse. F A double G O T, this is Bruce. Check this sick ass flow coming from a fucking gay nigga. Ain't you heard yet? I ain't got no shame, nigga. What's that you said, dog? You wanna talk trash? Let's see how tough you look with a dick in your ass. I'm a rough motherfucker, spent 10 years in the clink. Crushed all types of ass, black, white, knee, and chink. I'm scary as hell, so motherfuckers don't flex. Shake you with the shower, get some bloody gay sex. You grip it, then you kiss it. I'm gon' stick it. It's time for abuse. F A double G O T. This is Bruce. You grip it, then you kiss it. Then punch the tip and twist it. It's time for abuse. F A double G O T. This is Bruce. Verse 2, coming through with a thickness Fuck females, I'm all about the dickness I rip the mic and represent from my crew Strictly DD, I'll put my penis where you poo-poo Don't act disgusted, it's bigger than me, baby Yo daddy queer as hell, and he like gulping gravy From a roughneck, bulletproof, homo like Bruce Get ready for cock, I hope that cornhole be loose you grip it, then you kiss it. I'm gon' stick it. It's time for abuse. F A double G O T. This is Bruce. You grip it, then you kiss it. Then punch the tip and twist it. It's time for abuse. F A double G O T. This is Bruce. I'm the wizard of Wang. Call me Gandalf the Gay. Dwarf, Hobbit, or Elf. All that ass being play. I'm sick with it. Deep inside my robes. Bow down to the scepter. Now your face explodes. I got potions. And some magical lotions A sorcerer shit Put that dick in motion The time has come To crown the new rap king Faggot Bruce Give me the golden cock ring You grip it Then you kiss it I'm gon' stick it It's time for abuse F-A-double-G-O-T This is Bruce You grip it Then you kiss it Then punch the tip And twist it it's time for abuse. F A double G O T. This is Bruce. That's right. I told you I'd be back. Motherfucking faggot Bruce. Heavy metal style. Coolio had money and women. Groupies. We have all these girls on that bus right now. Okay, what's the percentage you're gonna hook up with? Like, you know, we have all these white girls on that I, bus. I just do it. I, okay, look, I, hey. I do one at a time. Okay, look, do you like white girls? What, what kind of girls do you like? Do you like, like white, I, black, masculine? Like you travel everywhere though. Huh? Do you like, what do you prefer? Like, what are the percentage of the girls you hook up with? White, black, or masculine? What, what city has the best girls? Who gets up most? The white girls, the masculine girls, or the black girls? English girls. English. I haven't been overseas. English yet. girls are easy. With the white, are they white English girls? White, black, uh, Persian. Yeah. They, they all are easy. 